0: How goes it, kids and heroes? What is happening? My name is Ed, and welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where, of course, we take all things film to the full effect. I wanted to let you guys know that this particular episode, Goodwill Hunting, is going to be dedicated to our boy, Nick Browneller. He's one of our most loyal, biggest fans. He's been there since the beginning. Love that guy. He was supposed to be on this episode with us, but things happened and. He was unable to join, but he will be with us in another episode down the road. We already had this episode penciled in. I already started taking my notes and whatnot. So we just told him we're going to roll with the film anyway. It's going to be special. This is a special one. We recorded it a few days before. And yeah, it it goes out to Nick. Uh, We love you, guy. And um, we love this fucking movie, too. What a solid film. Great minds think alike, right? <laughs> All right, guys, without further ado, this is Goodwill Hunting. I'll check you guys later. Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast. We take all things from the full Effect. My name's Ed, next to me is my Cinematic Life made Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. Check out our brand new website at podpage.com slash the-film-effect-podcast. There you can access all of our episodes as well as connect with us. We'll have blogs available at some point. You can access our merch store directly from there. And it's, it's just all around cool. So check it out. Again, that's Podpage.com slash the dash film dash effect dash podcast. It's film effect podcast with dashes in between all the words. You know what else is accessible from the new site? that yeah. All of our wonderful toys. Uh. There's social media outlets that we use each and every day to keep you guys on the up and up. But Sean, for the fuck of it, can you tell the people our handle on Facebook and Instagram? Uh, it's gonna be the Film Effect Podcast. And how about that Twitter handle, which by the way, before we get into that, uh, we're having a giveaway on Twitter right now, guys. All you have to do is follow us. It's simple. We're going to get about three three random people at the end of the month. We're going to get, um, you know, there's going to be prizes like T-shirts. There's going to be a nine-film Planet of the Apes digital collection for someone out there, um, which is pretty high value. Um, That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I don't even have that shit, guys. <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. And so... Yeah, all you have to do is just hit the follow button on Twitter and, and just follow and interact. It's fun, guys. So, where can you find this one there? What's the handle Yeah uh, Twitter handle is going
1: to be Film Effect Pod. All
0: uh, right. And if you're straight up old school, what's <laughs> that email? The Film Effect Podcast at
1: gmail.com.
0: One other thing, guys ratings and reviews also help with the algorithm, and you too can help by leaving us your honest reviews and ratings wherever else you listen that accept such wonderful things. See some shout outs.
2: Shout out to his family.
0: Uh, here's my weekly one down. Best film ever. Uh, this past Saturday, I participated in a uh, little trivia that the guys had over there. Um, yeah, I saw that too. Did you
1: watch it? I, I didn't, I didn't. I, I, when you did it live, I was I was asleep. I saw your link in the morning. I, 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 I grossed through the video a little bit. I didn't watch it. Already.
0: Well, spoiler alert. I came to the very end on top, but then I lost in the final round. Because Marvel I'm not stuff, the biggest right? Marvel
1: fan. Yeah, see, it's when you should have had me on board. You know, fire, me know. I got man. a Rapid fire. And oh, we could have tag-teamed that, maybe lightning rounds that'll come. Uh, we'll get them back.
0: We'll get them back. Um, no, Shout-out to them, because they're covering The Rock this week. Love the episode. I'm actually in the middle of listening to it right now. Um, and one other thing, Ian one of the co-hosts of the show, is going to be joining us, Sean. This is news for you. Oh, yeah? He's coming along for the ride when we cover The Hateful Eight in a few weeks. Okay. So Actually, it's two weeks from now yeah. uh, from uh, the episode airing of this. So, yeah. Ian's going to be on there as a special guest. It's gonna Good. Be, it's going to be fun, dude. Cool. Can't, can't wait to have him on. Nice to meet him. Cool, cool. Um, it's a musical podcast. More specifically, Danny, one of the co-hosts there, because he is the one who took me down in the end of that trivia. So, shout-out to them. Um, cool little podcast. It's him and his girlfriend, I believe, or her fiance, and she's in the musicals, and she's kind of just he's she's getting him in the musicals, and they do an episode on each one that he watches for the first time. I think last week they did Moulin Rouge or something Ew. along Gosh. them all. I know it's such a cup of tea. Oh
1: my god, man! I remember my first. It was when I first signed up for Blockbuster Video. I remember you should get your you get, you got like a you know a, a, a free rental yeah. for your new membership. Yep. So me and Big Daddy signed up for membership and got Moulin Rouge and something else. I literally went back up there the next day, slammed that DVD on the oh, 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 on the counter and said, "Give me something else, <laughs> for real." I'm sorry, I've I'm never seen a, it. I'm not a big Baz Luhrmann fan. Of I'm,
0: I, I'm a fan of Romeo and Juliet. Mm, it was different. A, Plus, I was that age group when it came. Age, I was 12 man. when it came. There. I don't
1: know. His shit's like candy coated cocaine to me, man.
2: I'll
0: just, uh, I'll do it out. Um, Geekverse. I just discovered them recently. Um, on, I believe their are Spiral Review. And um, I, I've came back for a couple more episodes. It's a fun little show. Uh, SpyHards, covering Taken this week. Excellent show. Go check it out. I had a blast listening to their Argo episode last week, and now they're covering Taken. So... Looking forward to hearing that. Uh, Julian, it goes down to the PM. That's Julian, you moron. Not Julian, Julian. Also, guys, uh, sorry about the audio. That's all me. I was admittedly in a rush for this week's recording, and uh, yeah, didn't really. Cross my T's and tap my I's, and double-check everything, and, well, it was amateur hour this week. Sorry, I won't let it happen again. Back to our regularly scheduled program. New friend of the show. I met her during the trivia bit. Uh, she's definitely cool people. Uh, and last, but certainly not least, Paul and Griff, just because. <laughs> All right, charting. We're charted in both currently the U.S. and Ireland. We're currently eighty third third in Nigeria, 175 in Hong Kong. And new regions, too this week. Yes. So shout out to our new listeners from India and Malaysia. All right.
3: All right.
0: So current events. So where are you at, Sean, on charcoal products? Mm-hmm. Where we stand as it as it is today? Is um, it too much? Charcoal products. You know, like. They got toothpaste of charcoal. We got uh, it's actually had body Mandy, wash. Manny's got the... Uh, it the started as like the, the, the
1: toothpaste, um, but now it's like they have
0: face masks. They have um, I mean, I, look, I'm shampoo and I I,
1: we, we got one of the charcoal bars in the bathroom. That's about as far as I've taken unless I'm barbecuing. Um, and I use that from time to time. But, I mean, I'm just, you know, I was, that's Manny, man. That's not so, I, why is there a, a controversy regarding charcoal? No, products? because I'm in the retail is field at work, and
0: I just, I just feel like more and more products are coming out with like new charcoal edition or new charcoal flavor or charcoal no. this that or whatever. It's like it's the a lot of charcoal products, and I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. It's a random thing to bring up, but I don't know. If it came to mind. News to me. I'm a random guy, so. All right, well, without further ado, weekly Recommends.
2: What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed?
0: <sighs> I got two, but how about you? Are you want to go first? No, you go first. All right. I watched, for the first time, Warrior. You ever see Warrior? Tom Hardy and Joel Uh You know,
1: I don't think I finished it. It was like the MMA movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think me and Big Daddy started. I don't think I finished it. good I'd
0: flick, You Fucking Nick Mopey's killing it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know.
1: No. I remember Did it, not see um, that coming. They come, were kind huh? of like the Strange Brothers who could put the ring Yeah. Out. I, it's, I I don't know why I didn't finish it. Kurt Angle in it. Cool, yeah, it wasn't that it, it wasn't because I it was, it was uninteresting. I just you know it, it didn't leave a huge impact. So I can't remember <laughs> how it ends. And you know something tells me Edgerton Edgerton wins at the end. I don't fucking know. Um, so yeah, I can't speak much on it because I saw about three quarters of it years ago.
0: Wow. Yeah, it came out 10 years ago. Yeah, so it was but it's, it's, a lot of it's one of the monthly uh, free films up on uh, YouTube. Yeah. They, they had it in 4K, too. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Hmm. It's free. And also one there that I watched the other day, The Wraith. Oh, Charlie Sheen. God, Sterling <laughs> <Shirley> Finn. Yeah,
1: <laughs> man. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a fucking minute. It's actually you much know, think, better than I remembered it being I, when think I was it sometime a about a year ago when I was still working for the Big blue machine that shall not be named. It was fun. Um, it was a it fun was, watch. It was on TV in the break room, and I watched a couple minutes on my lunch break. But I haven't seen that, and I can't tell you how long. Didn't they? Jo- did they, did they did
0: I know Vestron's putting it out. This I was going to say there's a, there, But there's there's they have it up on a, YouTube. A yeah, it's a release coming. I'm going to be picking it up. I saw it that the other day. I'm curious about. That. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Um, the film was awesome. Yeah. I had a fun time watching it. Good. It wasn't my first time, but it's been such a long time that you might as well say it was. Right. Um, so how about you? Um, I haven't watched anything since we last broadcasted, but,
1: um, I probably mentioned this movie on just about every episode. s so, Well, Well, no, but I do mention that just about two, but, you know, you're new on board with Midnight Run. Did you realize there was three made-for-TV sequels with Chris? Yeah, with um, Chris, and, uh, uh Shurman Gavin. Yeah, Shurman Gavin. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, Midnight... Another midnight they were made run. For TV. Yeah, it was yeah. and they it all came the together. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. all came out in the same year. But it's um what's his yeah. name? Chris McDonald? Is that his name? Uh, to yeah. play Shooter McGavin yeah. and Happy Gilmore. Chris McDonald. Yeah. Grease two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 Grease two. He plays he plays the nearest character Jack Walsh, but I've never seen these films. I knew that another Midnight Run existed, but I stumbled across an article and they did another Midnight Run. Uh, Midnight Run Around the Block. Yeah, they're ridiculous know. titles. It's, it's like, I mean, I don't think I could ever justify even looking at one, let alone all three of those fucking things, as much as I love Martin Brest's original. So that's what I got, man. And the fact that they did not one, not two, but three shitty made-for-TV sequels to arguably one of my top ten favorite comics. Are you going to recommend them all? Huh? I'm not going to recommend a fucking one of them. I'm, I'm going to recommend you watch the first one three times in the same day currently on hbo max
0: there you go all right guys so this week's film is just as genius as its titular character and it also happens to be my second favorite robert williams film next to the Birdcage*. <laughs> this movie will always hold a special place in my heart ladies and gentlemen this is google hunting mm-hmm.
2: on the campus of one of america's leading universities
4: there is a problem on the main hallway chalkboard it took my colleagues and I more than two years to prove it. I'm hoping that one of you might prove it by the end of the semester.
2: The most gifted mind to ever enter its
4: classrooms... Oh, this is correct. Who did this?
2: ...is the person who cleans its floors.
4: Well, I just need the name of this guy who works in my building. You got this job through his P.O., you can call him. P.O.? Parole
5: officer.
2: Meet Will Hunting.
5: I've been looking over this... Rap sheet of yours,
4: assault, theft, resisting. I've spoken to the judge and he's agreed to release you under my supervision. Really? You have to meet with a therapist every week.
6: (laughs) That's pretty good.
2: (laughs) For the first time in his life, he's about to meet his match. How many shrinks you go to before me?
4: Five. This boy's genius is unparalleled. I need someone who can get through to him. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Just let the healing begin. I went on a date last week. Going out again? I don't know. This girl's like, you know, beautiful. She's smart. She's fun. (laughs) She's like perfect right now. I don't want to ruin that. Maybe you're perfect right now. Maybe you don't want to ruin that. Have you talked to him at all about his future? Give
5: him time to figure out what he wants. This boy has that gift. Can you imagine if Einstein would have given that up just to get drunk with his buddies every night?
2: Some people can never believe in themselves.
5: I can't learn anything from you unless you want to talk about you. Until someone believes in them.
2: You can do anything you want. You are bound by nothing.
6: You're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. I'd do anything to have what you got.
2: And some never know how much they can have. I love you. Until they discover how much they can give. Academy Award winner Robin Williams. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Stellan Skarsgard, and Minnie Driver. Goodwill hunting. Nominated for nine Academy Awards.
0: Alright, so first time viewings. Oh, it's it's
4: just that. You see, this is actually uh my, my first time. No, no, my first. it's
0: my first time, uh, since my first time. So technically that's my second time. And I don't I don't I don't wanna. Suck
1: at it, so if I'm not up to, uh... um, I believe I, I didn't see it at the theater, okay. So I definitely ran it on home video, I think. I don't, I don't even think I waited for you know cable circulation, and naturally, you know, it, it had been getting the press and whatnot. And you know, you know, Damon Nathalie, the new Hollywood, it was huge when it came out, right? It was, it was, and you know, I knew Kevin Smith had a hand at getting it in front of Weinstein mm-hmm. or He Who Shall Not Be Named. He didn't <laughs> Um, and because did. of you know friendship with Affleck, and um, I was just absolutely fucking gobsmacked. You say it's your second favorite. It's my hands now favorite. Robin Williams' performance. I think it is the best fucking work Gus Van Zandt has or will mm-hmm. ever absolutely do ever. And he's I'm calling him yeah, one probably, hit wonder. I, me. I know. I'm not saying that. By, by no means. I'm not saying he's a no, one hit.
0: I think little,
1: I am. He's a bit of an, he's, he's a bit, I'm a all tourists there with that Elephant movie and all that other, and then that Jerry shit he did with Casey Affleck and Matt Damon. We're Rasmus not going to bring Psycho? Oh, up Jesus, Jesus I forgot he did. Yeah. He followed this
0: up with that. That's right, he did. He followed did. this that, movie yeah, that, up that with was, fucking Psycho.
1: Song. Yeah, you're right. So, I'm going to get a little emotional probably during this podcast, because this film, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it just fucking it gets me touches to me. Nope. I was sitting here last night. I didn't even, pull the, I didn't even press play till probably 2 o'clock this morning. And I'm sitting here with the headphones on. And if you want, I'll get you the t-shirt I was wearing last night. There is nothing but sob stains and snot around my car. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Cause <laughs> I'm just saying, because I continuously, for my, this is probably my 35th viewing, and I'm still weeping like a schoolgirl with this emotional stuff, man. And you yeah, had a bit of a buzz on, but... I'm just sitting here talking about it, and I'm not even halfway through my first beer of the day, and I'm getting misty-eyed. I fucking love this movie. These two kids knocked it out of the park. Deserve that fucking
0: movie. Yeah, I I, I,
1: I concur. <laughs> it's definitely... It's my favorite Robin Williams performance. Yeah, I, 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 I just like love a the lot of his cage work
0: too much to say that this is my favorite. Yeah. I love them both, but, I mean, previous episode, check it out, The bird cage. It was just me on there at the time and you can check out me raving about his performance then to find out why I looked that. I mean, that was this. good,
1: don't get me wrong. I've actually seen La Cage I Fall done on stage at a dinner theater downtown when I was in, like, fucking, I don't know. That's in, awesome. I, yeah, it was, um, I was, I think, a freshman in high school. And People forget that's a remake. Yeah, yeah, there's a French film called La Cage I Fall, Birds of a Feather.
0: I own it, the Criterion.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the original once. I didn't see the sequel they did. Me neither. Um... <clears throat> But I, at the time, my mom was friends with a, with a gay couple, and no, so, yeah, Ricky was involved in a uh, performance at F. Scott Black's Dinner Theater, which I'm, I don't think they're still around anymore. Are no, it? it's not. Yeah, it's uh, like, and, and the guy was, and I met Scott Black several times because I was involved in theater throughout, you know, throughout high school. Um, this is before I was involved in theater, but the guy come did some stuff in my school, but he was, like, known for theater around Baltimore. He had, like, a theater downtown, one of Towson. But, yeah, I saw, the, so I saw the, you know, the French film. Then I saw a lot of birds at the dinner theater where Ricky played, you know, I forget who he played. Wasn't one of the leads. Scott, Scott played the, you know, the the Robin Williams part, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I liked the film, but this Robin Williams performance is
0: hands down my, my favorite. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's it's up there. Like I said, it's you know, it's it's something. that even to this day, I'm like, wow, he was capable of having a performance. Was he nominated?
1: That. He should have been fucking. He was. Nominated. He, was he, he nominated. was. he was. He was. Because the film didn't win. But yeah, the film lost uh, Shakespeare
0: Shakespearean love. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare love. It did. Okay, I'll pause it. Now. That was the fucking bizarre year that. Yeah, Shakespeare who the fuck's still talking, talking about that goddamn movie, right? <laughs> Just when they bring up like a Miramax reference, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't uh, mean, like, say those words anymore. I know. Uh, I hear uh, they
1: doing a biopic about the uh, the well, like a kind of a, a, a scan, a, 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 a movie version of the Weinstein scandal. I don't want to see that. it's more it's more focused on like the two the these two journalists who are like digging it all. You out. know what
0: that is? That's Hollywood being Hollywood. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Fuck all that shit. Um, for me, yeah, I did see it in the theater. I just can't remember if I saw it with my good pal Nick Nymphos or Corey back then. One of the two, I definitely saw. Did you it with. tear up in the theater? The, no, because I was thirteen when it. So it wasn't. They weren't hitting you in the same way. I was. Well, hang on. There's a reason why. Because I was thirteen, and this was, honestly, I credit this film as being my first like leap into serious drama territory. Like, before this, uh, I was just all about the work. yeah. I was a in the blockbusters, the, clusters, the Mike, Michael Bay shits, yeah, the yeah, yeah. horror flicks, the right. comedies, right?
1: The spectacle. Dramas than the
0: came; art. they were far in between. I did watch some drama, but nothing like I do. I, I consider drama one of my top two. You know, I can't. Remember, I probably my second favorite. You know, genre of films, and this was the first. And so I was looking at it with that young, novice perspective, and. I followed the film. I picked up on what I was watching and everything. It was, I was never lost in the film itself. Um, it just wasn't until I got older and watched it and I could appreciate the emotions more and more. Because right. they weren't really there for me when I was at that age right. it for my first time. You hadn't had the same type of life I was just checking there. out the, the what these two guys, everyone's talking about, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were putting together. I wanted to hear about it or right. see it for myself, I mean. Right. And so... Yeah. Saw it, loved it. Remember I rented the shit out of it when it first came out. Yeah. The, the the week they put it out like a previous view, a previously viewed copy of Blockbuster, I went and snatched that shit and
1: yeah. bought it. Good for you.
4: Um, I probably so yeah,
1: bought it. On my Blu-ray last huge night. fan since the Speaking beginning. Speaking of which, um, you you asked me how I watched it. I forgot. I have a digital <laughs> So anyway. <laughs> give it a shot. I'm gonna
4: give it a shot. All
0: right. Um Story time.
4: Tell me a story. Wait. Like my story? No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit. But it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now, go. This isn't
0: a personal story, this week, I'm just talking about where this film, the roots of this movie, you know, I think this is appropriate.
7: Yeah, I mean, story to tell. Like, The story of how Good right?
0: Hunting became what it is. Like, Matt Damon started writing the film as a final assignment for a playwriting class when he was, uh, he was taken at Harvard. Instead of writing a one-act play, he submitted a 40-page script and he wrote huh. He wrote his then-girlfriend, medical student Skylar Satinstein, who's credited in the closing moments of the film, and the credits. Um, he wrote her into the script. Now, that I did not know, Let's that Skylar was based on his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, she went on to marry uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica.
1: Oh, yeah, you know what? Now that she says something, I have heard that story. It just <laughs> slipped my mind.
0: Uh, he's, Leave to Lars Ulrich to ring the bell but or that, bang the symbol. I but say. that was a totally different script. Then Damon said that the only scene that was um, that survived is uh, it survived verbatim was when Will Hunting uh, meets his therapist Sean. Damon asked Ben Affleck to develop the screenplay together. They completed the script in '94. Well, they they, they were drama buddies from high school, right? Yeah, they had they they were in like school ties. I think. David was in school ties. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that was yeah, they, yeah. They were in school. so, was, uh, so was so was so uh, was Cole Cole Howland.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I haven't those, seen so school t- ties in forever. Yeah, so those, those guys were like a little, you know, a little crew because obviously Hauser and Affleck worked together in you know Days of the Fuse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I remember hearing about how like they were picked on for you know being the drama geeks and not the jocks in high school. Think any of them jocks are playing pro ball right now?
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you know when I I just mentioned that the the most of the script didn't survive the film. That's because it was written as a thriller originally. Really? It was a thriller about a young man in the rough and tumble streets of South Boston. Sorry, <clears throat> South Boston who <laughs> South. possess who yeah. Who possesses a superior intelligence and is targeted by the government with heavy handed recruitment. Oh yeah. So this is when Castle Rock Entertainment stepped in and they bought the script for Six hundred and seventy-five grand against seven hundred and seventy-five grand. Those mm-hmm. kids were what? Probably twenty-one,
7: probably. Uh, probably younger. No,
0: probably, probably around that age. Yeah. Uh, that makes Early sense. 20, yeah, 20. yeah. Uh, meaning that Damon and Affleck would stand to earn an additional hundred grand if the film was produced and they retained sole writing credit. Castle Rock president Rob Reiner urged them to drop the thriller aspect of the story and to focus on the relationship between Will and his therapist. Terrence Malick once told. Affleck and Damon over dinner that the film ought to end with Will's decision to follow his girlfriend Skyler to California. No not, shit, that was mal-excited. Not them leaving together. Fuck yeah. At Reiner's request, screenwriter William Goldsman read the script, and he consistently denied the persistent rumor that he wrote *Google Hunting* or acted as a script doctor. In his book, *Which Lie Did I Tell?*, Goldman jokingly writes, "I did not just doctor it. I wrote the whole thing from scratch." Before dismissing the rumor as false, and saying his only advice was to uh, was agreeing with Ryan's suggestion.
1: I did not there was so, know that there were so many talented hands in the pot of creating this story.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? So then
1: when I knew a little
0: bit of that, but I didn't know all these people were involved. So then you got your, you got your today. big polished up scripts. Now you got to have your big new roles. You know. Mm. So many studio executives said that they wanted Brad Pitt and Leonard, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, of course. Meanwhile, Kevin Smith was working with Affleck on Mallrats, and with both Damon and Affleck on Chase and Amy. Castle Rock then put the script in turnaround and gave Damon and Affleck 30 days to write to find another buyer for the script who would reimburse Castle Rock the money paid. Otherwise, the script reverted to the studio, and, be- and Matt and Ben would be out with no script. So Yeah, st- they
1: wouldn't get their bonus, they wouldn't get their leads. This is where Mayor Max comes in. All yeah, the studios. It's it's were fucking involved.
0: Hollywood, man. Like, this is mine, motherfucker. There was a bidding war. And, uh. It Smith
1: turned... kicked it up. To, at the end of the day, Smith kicked it up to, to, to Weinstein's office and kind of, like, backed the shit out of it because his buddies were doing this kick ass fucking screenplay, correct? Mm hmm. Okay. So, uh, at last we. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the deliberate scene in the middle of the script to make sure everybody had read it?
0: What? What?
1: Wait, what? You know what I'm talking about. This is a good time to bring it up then. You're losing me. So when they did that rewrite, okay, and they had to start shopping it around. Okay. This is a true story. And, in fact, my buddy Jason Mathis, lead singer of Dumpster Fire, who rocked our goddamn t-shirt on stage a couple weeks ago live at a concert. Okay. yeah. Okay, asked me yesterday to bring it up. He's like, make sure you bring up this. Bl- on, and Because and, and, he and I always love this story. So about three quarters of the way into the original draft that was being shopped around after, you know, Roner put it back in a turnaround. There's, there's a scene where Will starts blowing Chuck. They literally, like, it's, it's like, it's this, yeah, you did not know this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put, they, they, they put the scene in, like, deep into the script mm-hmm. where, like, just suddenly, out of nowhere, these two, you know, hardcore South Boston buddies start sucking each other's dick. There's no lie. Okay. And they only did it to make sure somebody had gotten far enough into the script.
5: Oh, because okay. that was That's
1: Weinstein's only note it was like, "Look, you got an eighty-six, the blowjob scene. Other than that, everything else <laughs> for real." it was it was like how Van Halen put the red M no red M&Ms in the writer just to make sure somebody read the whole thing uh, they did great. in the original that is, draft that you did is not fucking notice? pure. I'm surprised you didn't Ooh. notice yeah they did put a fucking blow <laughs> scene like at the beginning of act 3 just to make sure whoever was telling them yes or no cuz somebody's like yeah this is cool like you're really cool with Chucky blowing uh, <laughs> Chucky blowing well and, and outside of the bar, I probably know where that is too in the script. Oh, <laughs> I'm not fuck. sure. Like, but yeah, they only did it to 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 test the waters as to whether or not you got through the whole fucking thing. And that was Weinstein's only note. Is like, we'll move forward, but you got to get that blowjob scene out of there. We're not filming that.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> so that's a cool little story, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So bidding war going on. As a last resort, Affleck passed the script to his chasing Amy director Kevin Smith, who mm-hmm. read it and promised to walk the script directly into Harvey Weinstein's office. Yeah,
1: because Kevin was Harvey's little money machine at that. Head moment. of a company called Miramax, mm-hmm. production company, which
0: I'm sure even if you don't know anything about film, you've heard about in the Why last couple if years. Why you? have never heard of Miramax. I'm sure they've heard of. Everyone knows about Miramax nowadays. And everyone knows how Harvey Weinstein is. So Weinstein read the, the script. It shall not be named. Loved it. And paid Castle Rock their due while also agreeing to let Matt Damon and Ben Affleck star in the film. So, in his recollection about the meeting, Weinstein asked about it. Out-of-place mid-script oral sex scene. Booyah! That was ahead of the game on that. There it is. <laughs> gotcha. Alright, so here we go. After buying the rights from Castle Rock, Max put the film into production. Several well-known filmmakers were originally considered to direct, including Matt. I'm sorry, including Mel Gibson and Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. Originally, Affleck asked Kevin Smith whether he was interested in directing, and he declined, saying that he needed a good director and yeah. that he only directs things he writes and is not much of a visual director. We saw this in Cop Out back in 2010, mm-hmm. but still served as one of the film's executive producers. Yes, he did. So Damon Affleck later chose Gus Van Sant for the job, whose work on the previous film, Drugstore Cowboy, That's not a bad one. It's not a bad man's
1: like I forgot about that.
0: That's probably my second favorite. Yeah, I always always think that that's a um, um, Lynch film. Uh, Miramax was persuaded. Yeah, so So they hired Van and the film happened. All right, so let's talk about said film, shall we? Mm -hmm. Here we go. So the film starts with a current sequence set to a kaleidoscope effect opening. With Irish music playing in the background, and it's about the closest thing we're gonna get to a montage all day, guys. It's like eh, a
1: montage. There's a mini
0: montage in this. I noted it. We'll get to it. Okay. So we then see Matt Damon's Will Hunting sitting around as his best friend Chucky comes to pick him up for work. Yeah, like Will's got Chuckie's, a shitty little uh, apartment. It's
1: like a little shitty little one bedroom, ap- one room apartment where he's literally sleeping on a mattress on the floor. Yeah. Oh, he's got he's got nothing to do but sit there and read. Yeah. So he just. Reads, educates the shit out of himself in the spare time when he's, you know, when he's not mopping floors room bit a bar. Uh,
0: Chucky played by Ben Affleck, who no. we brought up numerous times in this mm. episode already. Mm-hmm. Stellan Skarsgård, Professor Ger- uh, Gerald Lambeau. Solving, he, he's solving a theory for his class, and then he announces that he's written one outside of his classroom, with the expectation of someone solving it before the end of the semester. That person would basically become the new teacher's pet, and we will get in with his good graces, and we will also have their name printed in MIT Tech. And this is where I made a note. Just looking at math makes my fucking head hurt. Like, See, math was the one thing I excelled at in school. Yeah, where are you Not right? to this level. No. But it was just the one thing I, I, I was I, always good at. It,
1: I, I'm sure if, I, if it interested me more, I would have been. But it just, like, it just got, like, I don't know, man. I just, eh. You know, I could not wrap my head. it like, my interest when I see stuff like this. It does. It doesn't it does, turn me. It, it, doesn't, it
0: doesn't tune me out. Or turn me off. Right,
1: right. But it's uh, it, it baffles me how somebody looks at that and just sees these letters and numbers and parentheses and huge <sighs> proofs and like and just like, right, is, right. like literally like it's they're just going through doing it all in their fucking head. Like they ain't a calculator that can do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it just made it. Looking at math makes my fucking head hurt.
0: So, Lambeau dismisses class as we see Will working as the janitor outside of his classrooms. Um, he's looking at the formula as we cut to the local L Street Bar in Boston with Chucky and Will. They're there with friends Billy, who's played by Cole Hauser, and is also passed out in the scene. And Morgan, played by Casey Affleck, talking about Chucky potentially hooking up with Morgan's future wife. Before Will heads back home abruptly, Dad. What he says is, he's like, I didn't get on Kathy. Yeah, Chucky
1: tells me he's like, Yeah, I didn't get on Kathy last night. Was <laughs> well, like, Why not? He goes, Kathy, why didn't you give me a little hoochie woo last yes, night? Hoochie woo. And he and he says, Ah, you know, it's a five to two. What does you say? Um, she she's missing a 2 She's got getting problems. Plus, it's five to two. Morgan's gonna end up marrying her. How you want to fucking your buddy's future wife? I
6: don't know. Kathy. What? Why didn't you give me none of that nasty little hoochie woochie you usually throw at me?
3: Oh, fuck you and your Irish curse, Chucky. Like, at least my energy spread in my legs for that Tootsie Roll dick. So go home and give it a tug yourself. Tootsie
6: Roll! To- toot Roll! <laughs> She's missing a tooth, well.
0: <laughs> That's what he says. So Will goes on What's he do he starts solving that fucking theory that the professor left outside Yeah, he's staring at his mirror right with like a crayon. Why do people always ed. ruin mirrors like that in it's, movies? Uh, it's, I feel like it's, in a it's, lot of it's, movies it's, it's, it's people are writing on their mirrors. Well, they do it in a beautiful
1: shit. mind too. where We doing it on the glass. Just, so, you doing I mean, y- let's face I'm it. I'm thinking it, so I can't, it's my show, damn it. it. It's it's a it's a good visual effect for the screen, but think about How many people actually have a chalkboard in their homes. I mean, now everybody's got fucking dry erase boards. But in Beautiful mine and Good old Hunting, these guys wouldn't have had chalk boards, but they would have been able to get a crayon and or whiteboard. You or like, be like you uh, could be like Ewan McGregor
0: and Dr. Sleep and have a chalk wall. A chalk wall, mm. yeah. That was a cool chalk Up wall. the ante. Mm-hmm. So Will's at work, like I said, the janitor of the school,
1: and he's buffing the floor. He deliberately starts mopping in front of the kids that are staring at the
0: proof. Yeah, and then yeah, we see him start solving that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're at the batting cage with uh, Will. They they turned the the machine off so Will could throw the balls physically out there. Um, I, I guess they're allowed to do that here. Uh, he hits yeah, he, hit, he beams Chucky with a fastball and then he busts his balls for crowding the plate, as he says. Yeah. Chucky mentions going to a Harvard ball later that Casey's bouncing that. And then he gets hit again, and the two start chaffing, hitting each other. Um, and then we see this girl approaching Lambeau, and he's at his uh, reunion. his Class of 72 reunion. We got this, like, nice little quart- quartet thing. Yeah, it's going. like a barbershop quartet like singing it. outside. I like it. That always brings music to my ears. Um, did you pick up what he says to this girl? He kind of like hits her, he picks her up. Like, you talking about Lambeau? Yeah, the fucking girl, because she says, you know, they're there because he says, it's Saturday. Right. And she said they didn't want to wait till Monday to figure out who saw the, the, the thing. Because at first he says, it's Saturday. What are you doing here unless you uh, want to have a drink with me later? Like, he fucking asked her out. Right? Ah, I didn't catch that <laughs> yeah. have a drink with me later. I was like, oh, you slide all you. Yeah, well, he seems the type.
1: And Professor Lambeau? Yes? I'm in your applied theories class. We're
3: all up at the math and science building.
4: Come here. It's Saturday. Unless you want to have a drink with me tonight.
3: (laughs) Maybe. We just couldn't wait until Monday to find out. Find out what? Who proved the theorem.
0: She says that they can they can't wait till Monday to find out who solved the theory. So then we cut to the chalk room outside Here's the classroom and confirms it's right, but no one will admit to it. So I like this shrewd of mystery going on here because um, it's Will Hunting. He's there. He's the focal point, but he's not. He's the outsider. That you know. It,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm going I, t- I touch upon that later on. Okay, that? on. I, I have Okay.
0: Thank you. Um, so then the gang uh, throughout a little league game. I don't like this shit. I like seeing like it reminds me of it reminds me. Of it's like you know. It these reminds are me
1: of see from Days of because you got ass yes. Masterson and Cole Hauser sitting there almost like heckling the little leaguers. So kind of, I can't expect them to go, Mitchie, Mitchy, Mitchy." It's you a know. shame
0: you don't see shit like that in real life. I know, like, I know. You know. It sucks. Consider like drinking tall boys out of paper drinking, bags. Drinking, smoking, kicking back, you know, rooting
1: for like the, 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 the local the, town Yeah, the local little league team. They're
0: drinking 24 beers out of a paper bag. Chain smoking. It's the 90s. Right? So Billy knows is a hot girl, but the guy that she's with used to bully Will a little bit and beat him up in kindergarten. Right. Um, this is when he just kind of abruptly get up to go... Uh, you get a bite to eat, and while they're in the car, Chucky's teasing Morgan about his double burger. Chuck, I <laughs> had a double burger. We're not having enough money for it. Yeah, yeah. So you,
1: you bring, I told you when we got the snow cones only had 16
0: cents. You got right. 16 cents.
1: You got me 16 cents. He puts a burger up on the, the dashboard. So away. You what, we'll leave your sandwich up here on the dashboard. Every day you come in, you give me six cents. At the end of the week, i will give you a fucking sandwich.
0: Double burger.
6: Double burger. Chuck I had a double burger. Did you shut the fuck up. I know what you wanted. I was there. So double give me burger. my fucking sandwich. You mean your sandwich? I bought it. Logan, how much money you got on you? I said I get change when I got the snow call. I said that before when we pulled up. Why don't you just give me my sandwich? and Stop being a prick. All right, well give me your fucking sixteen cents that you got on you now. We'll put your fucking sandwich on layaway.
3: There
6: you go. Keep it right up here for you. We'll put you on a program. Every day you come in with your six cents, and at the end of the week, you get your sandwich. Why well, you gotta what, be an asshole? What am I? <laughs> fucking sandwich welfare? I think you should establish a good line of credit. You <laughs> like how you bought your couch? Name plans. Remember, your mother brought in $10 every day for a year? She finally got a couch, Venice style. Can I know my food now, please? Here's your fucking double burger.
0: So we end up fucking throwing it back to him. He gets his sandwich, but then uh, Will notices that the guy that they were talking about in the last scene. He's walking down the sidewalks. So they pull over for a fight. Yeah. Morgan, though, like, don't want to get I, out. You, what, we just saw him 15 minutes ago at the playground. We got snacks now. <laughs> yeah, Morgan doesn't want to go, yeah. but Chucky tells him that if he doesn't get out of the car, that when they're done with him, no, he's fucking back, next. Yeah, come back here, you're fucking next. You understand me? <laughs> the fight goes down in slow-mo. I fucking slow-mo love slow-mo fight? Hell yeah. This slow-mo he's blood. Like, hey, hey,
1: hey, it's Will. Remember me? From kindergarten? And okay. he just clocks him.
6: Oh, well we just seen the guy 15 minutes ago at the park. If he's gonna fight him, we should fight him then. we eat that eating snacks now. Shut up, Morgan. You're going. I'm not going. So don't go. I'm not no. going. Just fucking go, Morgan. Let me tell you something. Get out there in two fucking seconds. When I'm done with them, you're next.
4: Come on. It's me. It's me, Will. Remember? We went to kindergarten together.
6: <gasps>
1: so what is this song? Oh, I, can't, I, I, I don't know the song. I don't know.
0: It's like one of the rare times an Elliot Smith song is not playing in this movie. Yeah. Um, and that's not a knock either. More than that Forget
2: about
1: everything. I forget. That's how so, it goes, but...
0: I also want to point out this fucking look that Morgan gives when he finally lands a punch. Like the right. look of like amazement on his Just face. Like he succeeded. And the way like the POV shots focused on him even when he's bent, moving around. Yeah, like, 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 like bobbing and weaving. Mm hmm. Uh, Will's not, he, he won't stop beating the guy. Uh, the cops show up. And, yeah, he's pummeling him. He's getting back at him for fucking kindergarten. Yeah. So he ends up beating hitting. his kid's ass with a the basketball. The cop cops trying to pull him away and he ends up hitting one of the cops. Right. So they, they, they lock him up. Um,. Like I said, my note is the I love the cinematography in this moment. Uh, mm-hmm. This whole scene here, the weights in slow mo and shit. So it's Monday morning with a larger than usual classroom. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. We skipped over
1: something at the mm-hmm. at, at the at, at the playground because I made note of a line of dialogue. It's when they talked about one of her buddies is going to be bouncing on a up and having.
0: Oh, I and mentioned that been... while you were up. Yeah, the okay. buddy, uh, uh, okay. yeah. So
1: so, he said, like, hey, we're going to fuck up some smack kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's when fucking Chucky says. Yeah, we will going to fuck up some smack kids. Yeah, I mentioned that when you got, got up the letter M. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, man, you're awesome. That's cool. Yeah, Monday morning, larger than usual classroom. No one steps up, disappointing the spectators. So Lambeau throws down the gauntlet and posts a new theory one that took him and his colleagues weeks to figure out.
1: Yeah, he said it took him two years to solve it. Was it years? It. I wasn't sure if it was one year. Him and, his, him and like the tenured mathematics staff at MIT yeah. took two years to solve this theory. Okay, good. <laughs> or proof. Well, I don't know what the difference between a okay, proof or good. a theorem is. But yeah, he said it took him two years <laughs> to solve it. And he puts it up on the fucking board out there.
0: All right, uh, so Will gets picked up by Chucky and says that his arrangements next week uh, cut to Will solving the theory. When he stopped by Lambeau and his assistant Tom, uh, Will apologizes and tells Lambeau to go, fuck himself as well. Lambert's, so you can't graffiti in here, that's, somebody, that's a people. that's people's work. Fuck you. And then
1: he just disappears down the corner, ducks in the side ducks out a side door, Lambeau loses The thing is though, Will was right. He answered it correctly, mm-hmm. leaving Lambeau almost speechless. Yeah, exactly. That little fucking janitor kid. Holy shit, the janitor's smiling all of us. <laughs>
0: All right, so we're in Harvard now, the Harvard bar. The Harvard bar. Guy's out in the town. Chucky <laughs> says that he can probably get him a job. <coughs> Working his uncle's demo company. Demo, out? exactly, as they entered the bar I mentioned earlier. And Morgan's like, he
7: told me, I, I asked you last week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought you last week you did give me. Said, shut up. He's like, you, know, you, you fired. what do you say, management was restructuring? Yeah, restructuring. <laughs> and he asked Will why he got fired from MIT. He's like, management was restructuring.
0: <laughs> Chucky goes down to the other end of the bar to work some magic. A, Does his little like, dance. Little dance. Talkies a little hobbit, honey, He's down the end of the bar. So he says that he thinks that uh, they were in class together when, uh, he, that's right, he finds many drivers, Skylar, her friend here, mm-hmm. and he says that he thinks that they were in class together.
6: Oh, hello. Oh,
3: hello. Hi, how are you?
6: Fine. So do you ladies, Come uh, here often? Do I come here? I come here a bit. I'm here at, uh, you know, from time to time. Do you go to school here? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I think I had a class with you. I oh, am? Yeah? What class? History. Maybe. Yes, I think that's what it was. You don't necessarily might not remember me. You know, I like it here. It doesn't mean because I go here, I'm a genius. I am hey. very smart. Hey, how's Hi. it going? How are you? Good, how you doing? You want what, it? What, I don't... Uh,
7: what class did you did you say that was?
6: History?
7: Say? Oh, yeah. Just history? It must have been a survey course then, huh? Yeah, it was. It was surveys. Right. You should check it out. It's a good course.
6: it be a good class.
7: Oh. How'd you like that course? You know, frankly, I found the class, you know, rather uh, elementary. Elementary? Yeah. You know, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that class. It was, um, it was just between recess and lunch.
3: Clark, why don't you
7: go away? Why don't you relax? Why?
3: Well, Let's go away.
2: I'm just
7: having fun with my new friend, that's all. But we're gonna have a problem? No, 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 understand. no, no, there's no problem here. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy in the southern colonies. My contention is that uh, prior to the Revolutionary War, the economic modalities, especially in the southern colonies, could most aptly be characterized as agrarian pre-capital. All right.
4: Of course that's your a You're a first-year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxian historian, Pete Garrison, probably. You're gonna be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're gonna be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's gonna last until next year. You're gonna be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood, talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization.
7: Well, as a matter of fact, I won't because Wood drastically underestimates the impact. Wood, drastic, of social dist- Wood
4: drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Were you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you—is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own. Is your own idea just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend? See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're gonna start doing some thinking on your own and you're gonna come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could've got for a dollar 50 in late charges at the public library.
7: (laughs) Yeah, but I will have a degree and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-through on our way to a skiing trip. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be
4: unoriginal. But, I mean, if you have a problem like that, I mean, we could just step outside. We could figure
7: it out. oh man, there's no problem. It's cool.
4: It's cool? It's cool. Yeah, cool. Fucking yeah. damn right, it's cool. Why you like me
0: now? <laughs> and then, uh, Clark, this guy with a little ponytail shows up. You know who he's played by? Uh, uh yeah, it's Dean Winter's brother. Okay, that's, well, that's what I was getting. I know it, yeah,
1: it's yeah, because Dean Winter's Scott like my doppelganger. Scott, 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 Scott Winters. Winters. Yeah. Scott Winters, yeah, Scott because yeah, Dean Winter's a lot of people say Dean Winter's is like my doppelganger. People tell me I look like Mayhem from. Because they knows.
0: were actually on Oz. Um, Oz Brothers, Oz Brothers. Play brothers. Yes. Yes, sir. yes. Okay. You know your shit. You yeah, I know good. my
1: Dean Winters stuff, man. <laughs> Dean
0: Winter.
1: It's
0: Johnny Gavin. It's it's Mayhem guys from the fucking Allstate commercials. Johnny Gavin from FX. I mean, uh, from, from... It's from uh, Rescue Me. Rescue Me. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Tommy. I can't I that's my best pressure, so <laughs> right. yeah. Tommy. Yeah, you a little bit like D I'll give it to you. All right. So yeah, I'm sorry. Um, my only note here is, fuck, I love this movie. Uh, so, Skyler comes over to Will and calls him an idiot for waiting 45 minutes yeah, for him we, to come over. Yeah, come over there for 45
1: minutes. He's tired. I have to go
0: home. She said she's tired and wants to go home before introducing herself. She says that she needs to go home because she's got to be up early so she can waste some, some more money on her overpriced education. She gives him her number and says that they can go out for some coffee sometime. Just, well, I love his fucking response there. Yeah, well, you know, we, we're, we're giving can you a bunch He's a bunch of caramels. It's just, it's just arbitrary, it's just he's arbitrary drinking coffee. drinking coffee. Yeah. So then, as uh, the guys are out on the street now and they walk by this diner and you see Clark and his gang from the last scene sitting there. Will just knocks on the window. Yes. Clark looks over. he's like, you like apples? You like apples? Slams a napkin up, he's like,
7: I got I a got number. number. How you like damn apples? Wait, hold
6: hold on. On. Trip.
7: Beat that
6: old
4: bitch's ass. Yes. Do you like
6: apples?
7: Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, I got a number.
0: How do you like them
1: map? <laughs> now, you know where that comes from? Affleck and Damon used to do that back and forth to where they were picking. Like, that was like right. the ribbon on each other and right. all the, the kids in school in South Boston back in the day. That's another point that... Me and Jason were talking about on the phone yesterday when I told him we were going to be covering this. Yeah, the how you like them apples thing came from like a little childhood thing that Affleck and Damon used to do in the streets of Boston.
0: Makes sense. Childhood friends. Cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, we have so, our little goofy shit.
0: <laughs> so Lambeau, has it, um, Lambeau and his assistant <laughs> ask Will's boss for information, but he can't give it to him. I love this, this, the assistant here is like, but this is Professor Lambeau. <laughs> and <laughs> so this is this, Professor this, this, Hayes. Yeah, he just points to
1: the other, jan- the other head chatter. This is Professor Hayes. <laughs>
0: He ends up giving him uh, Will's uh, P.O. information instead before calling him an asshole as he's leaving. <laughs> um, spraying him, too. He's like, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so Will is in court, and he's speaking in his own defense. Fin- he's making good points, too. Big fin- quotes, dropping verbal bombs all over the place He's here. like,
1: uh, uh, liberty's the soul's right to breathe. <laughs> you know, he's got, again, it's got great fucking dialogue, the fact that these two crafted it. Pretty I much, know, that's all I was sleeping when we jumped in the early twenties. Like, yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys just wrote your ticket for the rest of your. I mean, this game. screenplay is essentially just You know, say what you as will about you know some of the shitty movies they may have made that you don't like, and let's face it, both Damon and Affleck have made missteps in their careers when they got into the game because they played the studio game. But this cements it back to why they have a career today.
0: Daredevil, 2003, baby. Ride or die. <laughs> I'll take that film to my grave. <laughs> he said, the judge can't believe his rap sheet and then recites all of his quotes and passages that help him get them out. Is the guy like, playing the judge anybody? Because
1: he kind of looks familiar to me. No, I think that's I just because he's got a unique look with that curly fucking
0: white guy, Jerry Curler, Yeah, right? Just a typical white dude. Mm. Um, but since he hit a cop, this particular judge ain't letting him slide. Right. He says motion is dismissed and is denied before setting his bail at 50 grand. Thank you, Your Honor. He's <laughs> polite.
1: He's, yeah, he just lost he the is. case, but he's not
0: cocky about it. He could be, but he's not. So this is where Will calls Skyler from jail. Um Hervey walking by. Hey, what's up? Hold
4: on one second. Hey. What's up, baby? my ass? Hervey, I
7: remember you from juvie. How you doing? Hey, I remember you from Juvie. Yeah, some little,
1: little like, incarcerated drag queen. What the fuck group. does
7: Herbie say? Uh, he likes his ass. shirt off. He's yeah, like, you
1: want some of that ass? I mean you want some I of that. ass. I remember
0: you from Juvie. Why does Herbie look to me like um, James Ronson? A little bit, yeah. It looks a little
1: bit like. I thought Ransome. it was him.
0: At that Ransom was still like living Z. in town, dude. He used to live. Yeah, he's still
1: local. Yeah, he was still shooting dope downtown. Uh-huh. it he was, looks uh, like it. Yeah, that's it. why I kind of asked. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not Ransom. Now Ransom was still shooting dope on the streets of Baltimore City back then. Man,
0: that guy had a turnaround. Yeah, he did. Good for him. Oh hell yeah, little Ziggy Sabaka, little Ziggy. Um So he asked if he, had, yeah, he asked her if she's pre-law. By any chance. Before we see him getting taken into a private room where he's he introduced to Lambeau. It's,
1: I, was, I was thinking, it was not his one phone call because he's already in jail. He just got to use
0: a payphone, you know, memorize Schuyler's number and took a shot. Right. He tells about the photographic memory. That's right. how it's brought up. Right. Uh, so he says that um, Lambeau spoke to the judge and he's agreed to release Will under his supervision for two conditions, under two conditions. Number one, they meet once a week and talk <laughs> math and make sure he's doing okay and he's working. And two, he has to see a therapist. So if he fails to meet either, he'll have to serve time. Will says that he'll do the math, but he's not meeting a therapist. And then we cut to Will and Bo together, some doing some math and theory work. And they're like they're like math rock stars. Like oh, yeah.
1: they got a, they're sitting there staring at the, at this huge proof theorem thing on the chalkboard that makes my brain paint while I'm looking at it. Will has a gift. Yeah, Will's definitely got to give. He just sees it and just does it because he stands up. because like, they're both staring at it, and, and then Will just stands up because he's got yellow chalk, Lambeau's got white chalk. Will stands up and just, like, makes a couple of marks on the chalkboard, basically solves it. Lambeau gets up, scratches something out, and, and Will, you know, counters that with another, you know, whatever Lambeau's throwing up there in a split second, Will solves that next part of right. the problem. You know, and then they do that really cool swing around low five. That's, yeah, that, you know, that's, that.
0: They solve it, I mean, and there's a subtle moment too where they're sitting down together, and he puts his arm around. Yeah, he puts Will his arm and pats around, pats his head. Like, they're, they're proud. Yeah, he yeah. rubs, he
1: rubs the back of Will's head. So yeah, yeah, a I, bit of, like paternal instinct coming out of Lambo. So I wrote here, Will.
0: I wrote here, Will has a gift, and he's and can easily figure out everything that Lambo gives him. And then I have my note: Lambo is kind of obsessed with Will. Well, yeah. <laughs> so we get a mini montage. Of will fucking up all of his meetings. oh uh, yeah. Okay, I got. Yeah, that's it's sort
1: of a montage. It's sort of, yeah, because they're like they're they're quick. Because you know who's playing the first therapist? Who is a director? I don't know. Who George wrote. Plimpton.
0: Martha. Martha Plim- Bloom's father. father. I know. Martha Yeah, he's
1: more of a humorist. Very dry humorist. He was kind of like reminding me of Spalding Gray used to be back in the '80s. Yeah. But yeah, that's George Clopton because he says uh, he's called a ballyhoo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> put- dancing in the club, boom boom, and I love his little re- reactions. He's like. Boom! 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 Boom!
1: Boom! Boom! Yeah, he's very like, like uptight, like stuffy, mid-fifties, upper-class white guy, like just completely out of touch with. So that this
0: one, he intentionally flubs with the story of dancing in the club before accusing him of putting in the rough.
1: Yeah, he's accused. He's like, do you find it hard hiding
0: the fact that you gay? He's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I don't give a damn if you put from the rough. <laughs> Second one, he fucks up by telling a story of being touched down below while being hypnotized before he breaks into afternoon delight. Yes, <laughs> because we can make a lot of love before the sun <laughs> goes down. And then my note here is, enter Sean McGuire.
1: It's, yeah, but, but it's, it was hard. I had to write my own name multiple times throughout the podcast. <laughs> you know, but I made a big underline with an point. Sean! Because you know he's teaching his class, and the class is obviously just spaced out, yeah. interested. Most of them are probably taking this psychology as like a you know requirement filler course. They're really not, you know, pursuing it. And you know he's just guy. He like delivers, and some of this had to be like Robin Williams ad libbing. I know he ad lives a little bit in this, Maybe. including including the famous line. Um, but uh, I like how the bell rings at the end of class. Well, no, Jerry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Jerry shows up, and Sean introduces, you know, his you know former college roommate and, you know, Harvard graduate, uh, Professor Gerald Lambeau. He tells him, you guys are in the presence of royalty. He's a Fields Medal winner. Yeah. And that, like, which like the Nobel Prize for mathematics. The mathematics, right. Only that, that medal is only given out every four years. Yep. Now, that is an actual award, I'm assuming. I never
0: followed up yeah, on it. Yeah. it is. But what, what I took from this moment here is he's, he's obviously holding a grudge still. Well, yeah. Hold but the over. way he introduces it to, to everyone is kind of like... Is it in a condescending manner? Am I for saying it's, that?
1: It's, it's passive-aggressive. Okay. It's, it's, yes, like... Jerry's gonna get the jabs that Sean's throwing right. at him. The class isn't, but it's no, like, they're in the dark. Right, it's like Sean's out. way of like jabbing Jerry because they ain't seen each other in ten years, and Jerry's always carried this pompous ego to him. But what I like is when class ends, and bell rings, and he's like, "All right, then we'll see. I'll see you guys Monday, where we'll talk about Freud and why he did enough cocaine to kill a small <laughs> horse. I'm pretty sure that was a Robin Williams ad lib right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now. What is he teaching the class on when Lambo shows up? Ah, um,
1: oh Christ! I just watched it last night, and, and now you got me on the spot. I'm drawing a blank. What is it?
0: Trust is the theme. Oh yeah, trust. Trust
1: is uh, trust. trust is was one kids say trust is life. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's now, 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 I think about it, it juxtaposes the the latter part of the film. Good point. It didn't. Yep. It didn't dawn on me because it's kind of a you know quick scene of what the topic of the class is. It focuses more on.
0: Yeah, I immediately and,
1: thought of that when I saw what he was talking about He was teaching about trust. And like, that's Mental pretty much the underlying, you know, the major through line of this film is
0: So, trust. wraps up class, and they go out to dinner together. It's revealed here that Sean's wife died from, she died, but Lambeau was away when it happened, prompting Sean to tell him that he got his card as he smiles awkwardly. So, yeah, it's, the,
1: it's that weird, like, you know, again, half-passive, like, there was the, a connection, the Robin Williams but then came, only Robin when he Williams needed him the most, he wasn't there for him. Yeah, true, true. They were the best of friends, and you know, and obviously they drifted apart after college because their careers. But yeah, so you, you're right. When when Sean needed his friend the most, his friend was too wrapped up and self-centered, right, to do anything more. To not even pick up a phone. just yeah. you know, drop a hallmark in the mail. Got, I got your card. He right. Says. Yeah, yeah. You're right about that, and that's why he kind of gives him that. You know, he's almost fighting back tears mm-hmm. with that little that little hiss. That's smile. why I said awkward smile. it is yeah. very awkward. Yeah. So and more, Williams just has a way of doing <laughs> that. Because, yeah, yeah, I got a note coming up very soon about, about
0: that. Soon we suddenly see Morgan and Billy fighting on a moon bounce mm-hmm. while Chucky and Will are talking yeah, about Will's situation. This is intercut with Sean and Lambeau's dinner with Lambeau, essentially overhyping Will to Sean so that he'll see him later. Um, Sean basically agrees when he hears that will is a fellow Southie. And, yeah they're uh, both
1: yeah, from, they're both from South Boston. So, that's a Boston term guys right right Southie, Southie. meaning from the south of Boston. So um, and that's when Sean agrees because he's a you know he grew up in the same rough and tumble kind of neighborhood so the kids got promise and so maybe Sean will make time out of his career to help his former best friend
0: right and this, this young boy in need. Um, so Sean and Will's first session goes down here. <laughs> Will's like, "Let the healing begin." Yeah. Sean requests the two to be alone, including Limbo. Right. Be yeah. Yes. Yeah, so everybody in the room. He's at first, know. Will tries doing his thing, but Sean competes with him over books.
1: Yeah, he's like talking about talking about it. You read all these books. Yeah, I had to. What I'm talking about here is this is where you see like, and it it, it, it brought me to tears again last night like just robin williams vulnerable sincerity in this scene and like he pr- he yeah. produces this emotion throughout the film and i think it's why it's my favorite why robin williams performance because i remember the guy we talked about last week you know i went and saw popeye for christ's sake i grew up on Morgan mindy you know i used to watch all this cocaine addled stand-up comedy from the 70s and then i see this guy <laughs> who I had previously witnessed in Awakenings, and he played kind of a similar role, but not quite as deep and touching. But to watch him emote like this, man, and there's just like there's just something about his vulnerability with the way he brings his character that gets me into the feels every fucking
0: time. I'm starting to tear up right now. Yeah. Well, Will eventually brings up Sean's wife. <laughs> he mistakens the situation for a divorce, <laughs> and you yep. see Sean grab him by the throat. Tells him that if he ever disrespects, his said, "Is you
1: married the wrong, maybe he married the wrong woman." And he just pins him to the fucking wall because you ever talking about my wife like that again? And like, end you. I'm, gonna I'm gonna end you. I'm gonna end you. You got that? You. I'm gonna fucking end you. You got that, Chief? And he's like dead. Uh, fucking. And his only response is, "Time's up." Yeah. To, yeah. Just while he's got him pinned, he's time, and yep. you see
0: the, the like, the look of death. He's in shaking. He's yeah, literally shaking because he's just, he's just being. Uh Yeah, he's not going to be rattled by this kid, but he's also going to put this kid in his place. So, yeah, um, Sean tells Lambeau, 4 o'clock.
1: Yeah, like Lambeau figures, like, he'd be pulling another one, and Sean's like, I'll see
0: him Thursday at 4 o'clock. That's right, that's what I thought it was Thursday, Thursday at 4 o'clock. So he's going to continue to see him. So we're at Sean at home, Yeah, he's a big old pile of dirty dishes. And a bottle of scotch. He's He's obviously
1: still reeling over his widow. Like, this woman touched this man's life so much that the only thing he could do was continue with his work. And he's taken his work. This guy is uh, he got a psychology degree from Harvard, and he's teaching at Bunk- Bunker Hill Community College. Right. You know, so this guy just, he just went back to work. He didn't even pursue his career to the fullest extent. He just kept himself busy.
0: All right, so we get Will and They're having their first date at a novelty store. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a cute first date in a gag shop. So they, uh, she brings up her childhood... And they were dating in real life at this point, right? Oh, uh, what we call them ever dating?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, okay. I, I, believe they, I believe they started
0: dating on the set of this movie
1: for a little while. Matt Damon, and Winnie, uh, um, yeah, and, and, and Minnie Driver, I believe so. She,
0: she brings up her childhood, and things are going great, and then Will's disappearing candle trick always makes me fucking laugh. Yeah. It's like, one, two, tossing and behind over her shoulder. Um... <laughs> then he says it works even better when he has his magic rabbit. That just yeah. fucking gets me. Then they go out to, uh, for a bite to eat. Burger join afterwards. This is where Will asks Skylar for a kiss. No, she's asking me, for a good night kiss? He says, I was hoping for a good night lay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we cut to Will and Sean's second meeting. Sean takes him to the park where Sean talks about what happened the last time that they were together. So Will's like, What is this? A tasteless choice moment between two guys? <laughs> He says he went into a deep sleep that night and hasn't thought about Will ever since. Sean correctly guesses Will's never been, never left Boston. Yeah, so you could, you could. I bet you I
1: could ask you about art. You could tell me a hundred things about, you know, about Da Vinci and Michelangelo, but you wouldn't, you can't tell me what it smells like to stand in the Sistine Chapel.
5: You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea of what you're talking about. Why? Thank you. It's all right. You've never been out of Boston. if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo. You know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientation, the whole works, right? I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling. that, If I ask you about women, you'd probably give me a silver of your personal favourites. You may have even been laid a few times. But you can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. I ask you about war. You probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap. And watch him gasp his last breath, looking to you for help. I ask you about love. You'd probably quote me a sonnet. But you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable. I've known someone that could level you with her eyes. Feeling like God put an angel on Earth just for you, who could rescue you from the depths of hell. And you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel, to have that love for her be there forever, through anything, through cancer. And you wouldn't know about sleeping, sitting up in a hospital room for two months holding her hand because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss, because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. I look at you. I don't see an intelligent, confident man. See a cocky, scared, shitless kid?
1: I made a note that um, Sean actually cracks Will a little bit. Like, he he starts cracking through that wall in this
0: scene. Yeah, we start to see it here.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's like Will's starting to let his, you know, guard, not only let his guard down, no, I wouldn't but, tell you. but ease up on his defense a little bit because mm. he finds, okay, somebody other than, you know, Chucky Morgan, and Billy actually give
0: a shit. Um Sean is laying into him. Hard. Yeah, he's like, you don't Holy know he's fuck shit you know, on to, my notes. To, to love somebody for what
1: ten years, be married to him, and then to watch him die of cancer for seven for several years. And then he tells that part about where the nurse comes into the room and says, Visiting hours don't apply to you. Man, That fucking moves me Yeah. The I told you I was gonna get go <laughs> weepy, man. I love this fucking.
0: Chucky goes to pick Will up for work with a coffee in hand for him. And, uh, at, at, it's, it's pointless. We just see him pick him up with the coffee in <laughs> hand and then they'll toss and send the blocks down to the ground just establishing what they're doing. It's quick. 30 seconds and we're out, not even any dialogue. So Will calls Skylar in the point ring, but then hangs up without saying Yeah, word. To that,
5: like,
0: uh, and I don't understand I, the I meaning of it. I didn't either, because she answers the phone and he doesn't say
1: anything, and then she's like, Is this you again, Professor such and such? Yeah. And then just, you know, Will hangs up, and she just hangs up the phone and goes back to studying.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 just,
1: I don't get why he didn't I got to speak either, because, you know, they, the guy's always quick with words and, right. and the smartest guy in the room, we're on the phone but suddenly he's checking out. Maybe he's starting to think back to what Sean said about his wife, and maybe he's having second thoughts Is Scott on this one, or maybe she's not sure. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what's going through his head. In the words of of Bob, I got
0: nothing. No, I got nothing. So Sean and Will have another meeting. Uh, Will goes to light a cigarette, but is told now that there's no smoking, yep. even though the last time he was able to. But yep. whatever. The, the hey, two just... sit for an hour and speak nothing. Yep. Radio silence. Yep. Same with the next meeting, up until the end when Sean falls asleep but then wakes up to Will telling him a joke about coffee and a blowjob. This leads to them talking about Will's love life. They have a laugh about Sean's wife waking herself up and farting. And
1: you know, that was, that was Williams completely ad that whole scene.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fact,
1: yeah it's fact. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a known fact, and, and I caught it again last night. That whole monologue about you know his wife farting in her sleep, waking herself up, you actually see the, the camera jiggles a little bit because the cameraman <laughs> is actually laughing during during production because Williams I'm,
0: completely I'm, ad-libs that. I
1: believe it's here that's revealed that she's only been gone for two years. Yeah, it's only been a couple of years that that's she passed it. away.
0: Uh, so Will vis- visits Skyler at her dorm and apologizes for being so busy lately. He ends up asking her out on a date, but she says that she's got studying to do for a big test and instead agrees to go out the next evening. Knowing yeah, she's what got to is,
1: figure out how to map some sort of biology. The, I like, like,
0: this is clever. Knowing what what you, the, <laughs> She just so says,
1: I've got to, and she speaks in like like technical, like medical mumbo-jumbo. Well, it's not that right. well. Yeah, she just drops, like, I've got to, you know, graph this Edinburgh point that we're talking about, like, DNA he, or something. He
0: gets it to a drug for the next night to go out, but then he's like, fuck it. Then he just this goes out, he goes down the answers diner, everything, gets, gets a, gets a the sub and, a, and a
1: coffee, and, and solves it, like, based on just what she told him, you know, 20 minutes ago, it was a 30-second conversation. He comes back up and hands he, it to him. He writes a solution down on a napkin while he's having lunch, and it just goes back up the room. He's like, here you go. I couldn't wait till tomorrow. It's she's
0: a good point. He's like,
1: I actually have to learn this.
0: That's he's like, we're well, going studying. to surgery but, tomorrow, are uh, you? Yeah, yeah it's exactly.
1: And then he takes it on a dog track. Did they have dog tracks in Boston? Uh, I believe this was a thing.
0: That's I, mean, I, I, know
1: I know they had them in Florida.
0: I know they're like they're they're legal in certain. States. I'm sure. I didn't know. I, I, I can't did, see I Will know. and
1: Ben. Will I
0: can't see Matt and Ben okay. putting I mean, this in the
1: movie. If, okay, if it wasn't if it wasn't a part of Massachusetts yeah, right, history, right. sure. Because I mean, we've got the pony races here, Pembroke. I mean, we got Pembroke We got horse races. Yeah. Like, yeah, they got a dog track, you know, somewhere,
0: in, you know, in, in, in Boston. I guess. Did you pick up the name of Skylar's doll that she picked? No, what was it? It's Misty. Misty. Yeah, just, okay. I got nothing. No, she Yeah, and she, she actually won. Just throwing it out. Yeah, she ends up winning. Uh, Will reveals that he has 12 big brothers, and that he's total bullshit, by the way, right. and that he's lucky 13. Uh, she makes him name all of them on the spot, and he does. Then she says, say them all, say all again. And he, and he does. Like, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. do that part from memory. I don't have to fucking
7: read it. Real. No, no, like, no, no, Mommy, no, no. Tommy,
0: Timmy, Tommy, Timmy. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> she says that she'd like to meet them when he says that he lives with three of them. Uh, and then we have another meeting with Sean and Will. This time, they're talking about Sean's wife and how they met. Um, he says, "World Series, biggest game in Red Sox history." Me and my friends slept out on the sidewalk all night to get tickets. We
1: October twenty first, just... nineteen seventy five. Was like Jesus. You remember the date? Yep. And he tells him it was Game Six of a World Series. And he just—they
0: end up going to a bar to watch it. And it's no, amazing. they
1: go there. The the him and his buddies are at a bar waiting for the game to start. And Sean tells him how the most beautiful girl he's ever seen walked in. Mm-hmm. And she lit up the room, she lit up the room. And it's about time to go over to and and this is apparently, I'm, I'm sure it really happened. Carlton Pudge Fisk nailed some like monster home run that it hey, happens. They shoot on that, yeah, it's, right, right. It should happen. Game. Like Fisk, like, hits the ball out of Fenway, like it bounces. It's a fair home run because it nails the foul, you know, the foul ball out of Fenway, Park. Out of Fenway Park. And and Sean's reenacted like Pudge is you know, running his way home and he storm the field and Will's like, Oh, did you storm the field? He goes, Nah, yeah, man, I was sitting at a bar. I didn't go to the game. <laughs> yeah. He says what do you mean?
0: He says, he's you know, I I don't care if Helen Troy walked into that bar. That's game six of the World Series. He's
1: he's like I just I slid my ticket across the table and said, Sorry fellas, I gotta, I gotta see go about see a
0: about a girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um He's like, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> like, gonna hit a home run. He's <laughs> like, you're kidding me. And he goes, No, bro, I'm not kidding you. If I had gone to see that game, I'd be here talking about a girl I saw at a bar. Tw- I wouldn't be talking about a girl I saw at a bar 20 years ago. No, I'd be
1: talking about a guard. I'd be sitting here talking about a uh, girl i not talking about right. at a bar 20 years ago. And so how, it's how it's I always regretted going not going boy. over there and talking to her.
0: I don't regret the 18 years we were married. I don't regret giving up counseling for six years when she got sick. I don't regret being by her side for the last two years when things got real bad. And I sure as hell don't regret missing that damn game. Yep. So then we got Skylar and Will being happy in bed together with
1: Elliot Smith playing. I, are you an Elliot Smith fan? I don't even know who the fucking guy is, even though his first name is my last name. Um, Love Elliot Smith. Uh, the uh, late Elliot. He's, he's
0: unfortunately no longer with us. Is, um, was, he, was, he, was he He in, took his own life in 2003. Uh, yeah, Andy. Like, I mean, Indian, you hear like four or five of the songs in the soundtrack. Yeah, the yeah. The soundtrack I mean, I, has like I the majority rec- of the music in this movie is his. Yeah,
1: I didn't recognize. I'm sure. I'm sure that you know, Flair probably came from Van Zandt a little bit. um uh, Yeah, I, I'm not a follower of his music. I don't know who. I didn't recognize pretty much any of his songs. If I have heard his stuff, I I don't know it. I'm just, it's just yeah. Like, I'm the I'm, that
0: I I'm really fond of this film, either or, and that's uh, his, his his album, either or, and that's what I listened to this morning on my morning walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Good shit, good shit. Uh, rest in peace. Um, so yeah, they're in bed happy with music playing and surely wants to meet Will's friends. Yeah,
1: I, I made a note here, too. I like how, you know, this is your, obviously, obligatory love scene between your two romantic leads. Right. But Van Zant films in a really tight, tight close-up from above. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like gratuitous nudity or anything. I'm trying to it's think of with them.
0: I'm, I'm not pulling um, to mine right now. I mean,
1: the, the, entire, the entire, you know, sequence of this love scene is shot that way and that was you know i just i made a note of that like i kind of like that how it was you know, like you kind of sense the intimacy because you were right up in there with us yeah you know what so I mean, this leads sort of to the
0: nice guys experience. and skylar at the pub having some drinks and a few laughs chucky starts telling a story about a truck hitting a tree but morgan chimes in saying he's told the story before yeah
1: chucky's talking about how, was, how was, his uncle was was shit face hammering and pulled over by <clears> a <the> state <throat> cop
0: Chucky carries on, the camera kind of focuses in on Billy for longer than I would have personally rolled with. Did you notice that?
1: Uh... Yeah, He's kind of like Houser stumbling, needs, like... Yeah. yeah,
0: well, Cole Houser needs... But it focuses on for like a little while, I'm like, why are we focused on Billy for so long? Anyway, the point of it all is to show the lifestyle of the boys around Skylar, obviously. Right, right. She's just, you know, witnessing their, their, their she likes camaraderie. She Right. She even tells it an Irish blowjob show. Let's
3: see if you can get this one. I've got a little story for you. All right. There's an old couple in bed, Mary and Paddy, and they wake up on the morning of their 50th anniversary. And Mary looks over and gazes adoringly at Paddy. She's like, oh, Jesus, Paddy. You're such a good-looking fella. I love you. I want to give you a little pheasant. Anything your little heart desires, I'm going to give it to you. What would you like? Paddy's like, oh, gee, Mary, that's a very sweet offer. Yeah, in fifty years, there's one thing that's been missing, and uh, I would like you to give me a blowjob. I would <laughs> like for it. And Mary's like, "All right." She takes the teeth out, puts them in the glass, and she gives him a blowjob. And afterwards, Paddy's like, oh, yes. "Now that's what I've been missing. That was the most beautiful, earth-shattering thing ever. Beautiful, Mary. I love
2: you.
3: Is there anything that I can do for you?" Mary looks up at him and she goes, Do Mr. Gates. Oh, my God.
0: I gotcha. So, Lambo meets Sean at a pub. Lambo says that his phone's been blown, blown up with job opportunities for Will. So, big jobs that would give him free reign. And Sean says that they're only offers and that he doesn't feel like he's ready for them just yet. Lambeau says that this isn't an about Will, and even has the bartender help them with this point. Yeah, and Sean I'm, asked him who you know Ted Kaczynski was. No, no,
1: no, no. See, at first, like, uh, like asked the bartender if he knows who Jonah Salk was. Like, yes. Yeah, so right. Napoleon, who, who, he's Albert Einstein. He's yeah, the theory of relativity. He's Gerald Lambeau. because I don't know who that is. And makes and he at the it's at this point where Sean. Relays the. I'm sorry, uh, Jerry relays the story to Sean about this 26 year old uh, Swedish patent right. clerk, right. you know, who was just studying physics in his spare time, and you know, if if he wouldn't have been pushed, then Einstein wouldn't have become, you know, the scientist that he is today, and where would the world be? Yep. And this what I like is this back and forth with Jerry and Sean because they bring up Salk, they bring up Einstein, and then Sean tells a story about a brilliant, you know. uh, 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 a Harvard mathematician um, who then moved on to grad school at Berkeley, and then he moved out into the woods and blew away his colleagues. Mm -hmm. You know who that was? uh, Jared's like, no, he's Ted Kaczynski. I don't know who that is. And then Sean hollers out at the bartender. He goes, hey, who's Ted Kaczynski? And the guy's like, you're a bomber. So, like, Sean proves his point, too. Push a motherfucker too far, look what's going to happen. I do like that back and forth. It's one of my favorite scenes in the film.
0: Yeah, this ends up with Lambo saying that he's always at the meetings up and that he's there now having them. Cut to fucking Chucky in his suit. That fucking suit, man. Chucky's Acting suit. Acting as well. He's got
1: his hair all slicked out. Retainer. Right, just tell him they got a routine. He's, like, he's oh, fucking hustling money out of that. Right, it's like, there's like this board of like, you know, I don't know what McNeil is, it's probably like an aerodynamics firm or some shit, Yeah. and it's these three executives behind a table and this. Huge room, they're probably ten feet away. Retainer. And Chucky's talking about guys, nobody in this town works for a retainer. Like uh miss uh well, we just offer you eighty four thousand dollars a year. He goes, retainer <laughs> retainer
7: Retainer.
1: And then when he gets it, he goes, let me tell you something, bucks. you're suspect. <laughs> right, you know, he says it's going to cost him 200 bucks. They start coughing up, and the one guy said, well, I got $73. Yeah, The well, other guy next to him is like, will you take a check? And Chucky steps up, and he says, you guys are suspect. And he still takes the 73 bucks cash off the desk. Love it. Uh, well,
0: I don't think I, I can.
3: Uh, uh, Larry? <laughs> I've got uh, $73. Uh, will
6: you take a check? Let me tell you something. You're a suspect. Yeah, you. I don't know what your reputation is in this town, but after the shit you tried to pull today, you can bet I'll be looking
0: into you. So Will and Skyler are having lunch while she's studying. She won't let him do the work for her and tells him that it's important that she learns everything for herself. Mm-hmm. So he jokes about studying organic chemistry for kicks. When the scene ultimately ends with their first real kiss, indicating that love is in the air. Skylar wakes Will up, and she wants him to come to California with her. Well, what what Will tells her in the um,
1: in in. And is this the scene where he talks about? This like is that scene where she looks at a piano and she can just play. He just sees a bunch of keys. I see a bunch. That was of key, the previous. Yeah, that he's was. He's like, I see a bunch of keys, four pebbles in a big wooden box. Right. When I look at stuff like that, I could just play. Like he's explaining how his mind works. You can look at, you know, a you know a, a, a piano and be able to like hammer out some Mozart. I could, you know, look at an unproven theorem that's been unsolved for twelve years and solved in seven minutes. Because, I I don't know, I could just play. That's how it works.
0: But she wants him to come to California, and, yeah, ultimately... Because the scene is so heavy.
1: Yeah, Will's insecurities cracked the surface, man. He jumps this up. This is like bed. the
0: big explosion. Like he, this is where like all he he out. To, he moves in California because she changed her mind. Right. Some rich guy. There are no twelve brothers. He's an orphan. Right. Um, everything comes out on the table here. And she trouble. starts crying. He tells her, "Don't tell me about my world." Like he gets like
1: like defensively angry, like deliberately. And then he even tells her that he's not in love with her. I want you to come to.
4: Sure about
3: that.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, but how do you know?
3: I don't know. I just know.
4: Yeah, but how, how do you know?
3: I know because I feel it.
4: Because that's a really serious thing you saying. I mean. I I know. You could be in California next week and you know, you might find out something about me you don't like and. You know, maybe you wish you hadn't said that, but, you know, it's such a serious thing that you can't take it back, and now I'm stuck in California. Someone doesn't really want to be with me, just wish they had a take-back.
3: A what? What's the take-back? I don't want a take-back. I just want you to come to California with me.
5: Well, I can't go to California with
3: you, so... Why not?
4: Uh, one, because I've I, I got a job here. And two, because I live here.
3: Look, um. If you don't love me, you should just tell I'm me because it's I such I'm a love you. Then why? Why won't you come? What are you so scared of?
4: What am I so scared of?
3: Well, what aren't you scared of? You live in this safe little world where no one challenges you and you're scared shitless to do anything else. Don't don't tell me about my
4: world. Don't tell me about my world. I mean, you just want to have your little fling with, like, the guy from the other side of town. Then you're going to go off to Stanford. You're going to marry some rich prick who your parents will approve of and just sit around with the other trust fund babies and talk about how you went slumming too once.
3: Why are you saying this? What is your obsession with this money? My father died when I was 13 and I inherited this money. You don't think every day I wake up, and I wish that I could give it back, that I would give it back in a second if it meant I could have one more day with him? But I can't, and that's my life, and I deal with it. So don't put your shit on me when you're the one that's afraid.
4: I'm afraid? What what, what am I afraid of? What the fuck am I afraid of? You're afraid of of
3: me. You're afraid that I won't love you back. You know what? I'm afraid, too. Fuck it. I want to give it a shot, and at least I'm honest with you. I'm not honest with you. No, what about your 12 brothers? No, you're not going. You're not leaving. What do you want to know? What? That
4: I don't have 12 brothers? Yes. That I'm a fucking orphan? No, know. you don't want to hear that. I didn't that. know that. No, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that I got it. fucking cigarettes put out of me when I was a little kid. Oh, honey, I didn't know that. this that. isn't fucking surgery, that the motherfuckers stabbed me. <laughs> you you don't mean... want to hear that shit, Skylar. I don't, do Don't, wanna don't tell that. me you want to hear that I shit. I want to be hear because I want to help you because I help want to be me. with you. Help me? What the fuck? What do I got, a fucking sign on my back that says save me? No. Do I look like I need that? No, God, I just want to be with you because I love you. Don't bullshit me. Don't you fucking bullshit me. I love
3: you. (laughs) I want to hear you say that you don't love me. Because if you say that... then I won't call you. And I won't be in your life.
4: I don't know. Exactly. Insecurities.
1: Insecurities yeah. um, crack the surface.
0: Phew. So it's a rough scene.
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And I just have, my notes here to say, <coughs> this scene, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it's some heartbreaking honesty. And Will lies
0: about Mount Lomiter, but right. it's very heartbreaking honesty. I don't love you anymore, but it's kind of like the final nail on the cob. Right. right pushing, you the push off. She just, you know, sits down on the bed and just yep. balls her eyes out. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a wow moment. She mm-hmm. does ball her eyes out for yep. sure. Yep, So we got Lambo meeting with Will about his work. Will assured him that it's right and that he just wants to have future meetings at Sean's office because of the commute. And then says that he was too busy for the meetings, but then he sent his best associate in his
1: place. And Will's that's when Lambeau's like, You know, you can do what you want on your own time, I'll set these up for you to affect my reputation, he wants appreciation. right? Right, and it's a little uh, you obviously you see a little bit of controlling jealousy coming out of because
0: Lambeau. Will looks at everything that Lambeau's given him as a joke.
1: It's easy you know how fucking easy it is. He, he, he,
0: yeah, you know, it's too easy, it's a fucking joke, right?
1: Because Lambeau's looking over whatever's on this, you know, you know two or three page you know, paper that Will turned into him and he's questions like, did you, and Will just keeps going, it's right. And then it's before right. he leaves, he, he ends turns, up. he turns back to him as he's going to light a cigarette. But he lights his fucking proof. Well, he lights a proof on fire and just drops it and Lambeau just leaks. Quickly. Through. Like it's a fucking baby on fire. Yeah, it's obviously a problem that Lambeau to couldn't it. even
0: solve. And he says that he wished he never met him that day because he'd at least be able to sleep at night. Yeah, and Will's
1: like, maybe I just don't want to spend the rest of
0: my life explaining shit to people.
1: And that's a fucking burn. To yep. burn. You got a Fields Medal, why are not you out to work in mathematics? You no, know, you're teaching mathematics to pop your Fields Medal.
0: So, you know, we cut to this random scene at Chucky's place with Morgan upstairs jerking <laughs> off. Jerking off in and his mom's room. Into his and and admit, little league glove. Fucking literally admit. Like, what? That's all this this scene establishes. is like It's a it's a haha moment. Yeah,
7: just the four hanging attention out, drinking beers, smoking cigarettes around the kitchen all table. all
0: the fucking heavy crunching going on right now in this movie, all the heavy bits. Like there's a little bit of levity. a little bit right. of levity
1: making Casey Affleck's Morgan out to be a little punching bag. You, know, which you hard hard with the, the VHS show. player. Is there, there there's another, there's another room in the house with a VCI. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen to me, I call it a fucking VHS player. Kind of <laughs> old. So, NSA interview. um You got notes for this? I didn't really write that many down. um
1: Well, so it, it starts with, um, with Will sitting there for the for the interview, and it's it, it, it starts with him sitting in front of, you know, this the this board of uh, directors, if you will, right. with National Security Agency, and right. Will brings up how you know they're 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 seven times bigger than you know the FBI and the CIA, and the guys pretty much confirm this, and they have a little back and forth, and Will keeps giving them reasons, and the and the guys like, well, you are instead of you know why, instead of the guy says, well. Why shouldn't you? Then why shouldn't you work for the NSA? Right. And, this is where, and this is where Will does arguably my favorite monologue. You ready, guys? They said yes. <clears throat> why should I work for the NSA? It's a tough one, but I'll take a shot. Say that I'm working in NSA. Somebody puts a code on my desk, something nobody else can break. Maybe I'll take a shot at it. Maybe I'll break it. And I'm real happy with myself because it did my job well. But maybe that code was the location of some rebel army. And then it cuts to Sean's office where he's telling the story for sure. But maybe some code, maybe that code was the location of some rebel army in North Africa or the Middle East. Once they have that location, they bomb the village where the rebels are hiding. The 1,500 people I never met, never had no problem with get killed. Now the politicians are saying, oh, send in the Marines to secure the area. Because they don't give a shit. Won't be that kid over there getting shot just like it wasn't that when their number got called because they were pulling a tour of the National Guard. It'll be some kid from south he taking shrapnel in the ass. He comes back home to find the plan he used to work at, got explored in the country he just got back from, and the guy who put the shrapnel on his ass got his old job, because he'll work for 15 cents a day and no bathroom breaks. Meanwhile, he realizes the only reason he was over there in the first place was so we can install a government that would sell us oil at a good price. And of course, the oil companies use a skirmish over there to scare up domestic oil prices, a cute little ancillary benefit for them, but ain't helped my buddy at 250 a gallon, and they're taking a sweet time bringing the oil back, of course, and maybe they even took the liberty of hiring an alcoholic skipper. Who likes to drink martinis and fucking play slallows with the icebergs. It ain't too long until he hits one, spills the oil, and kills all the sea life in the North Atlantic. So now my buddy's out of work. He can't afford to drive, so he's got to walk to the fucking job at him, which sucks because the shrapnel on his ass is getting him chronic hemorrhoids. Meanwhile, he's starving because every time he tries to get a bite to eat, the only blue plate special to is North Atlantic with Quaker State. So what I think? I'm all out for something better. I figure, fuck it. While I'm at it, why not just shoot my buddy, take his job, give it to his sworn enemy, hike up gas prices, bomb a village, club a baby seal, hit the hash fight join the National Guard.
0: I could be elected president. Good now, there you go, guys. I used to memorize. Good them. shit. And to think that someone else had to memorize all that dialogue. Uh, I, it didn't and take some. me long.
1: I, I spent like a half an hour when I working on it in the basement and I was like 24, 25. I was...
0: So, audition, Will's world is ultimately crashing as he's clashing with Sean and he calls Skylar before she leaves. She says, I love you. And he says, take care.
1: Yep. He just he can't say that. My note here
0: is that my favorite Elias Smith song, Angelus, is playing as Skylar is boarding her plane all alone.
1: Well, is this, is this where, you know, um, Sean's telling him, he's like, you know, well, why would you t- ride 40 minutes to not be a janitor at MIT? You could be a janitor anywhere. You know what I mean? He puts it back on Will. Like you really, you know, you really don't want to do this shit. Why are you hiking it all the way up there to mop fucking floors? You can mop floors closer. Right. You
0: know. All right. So Will walks in on Sean and Lambeau, and after Lambeau leaves, it's revealed that both Will and Sean were victims of child abuse as they were comparing as they're comparing horror stories. It also gives us the "It's not your fault" moment that uh, it's just so goddamn gripping that even I'm in tears once the. Well, there's, is over. there's, there's, there, there's. No, you're.
1: You're, this you're, is you're, it. You're, no, 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 you, you jump a bit. You jump a bit. Hold on. When I jump. Yeah, you jump because, you know, after the, you know, you could be a janitor anywhere, you know, Will goes back, you know, pushes back on Sean about not getting over his wife, you know, or not, you know, not doing better in his career. And he's like, hey, at least I played a hand. You know, because when Sean when asks Will what he wants to do, he's like, I'll be a shepherd, you know. um, And that's, uh, that's when you cut to... Chucky and Will at the demo site. And after, the, after they demo the building, okay, they're down there having a couple of beers, you know. On I truck. totally
0: skip. No, I did have that in my notes. I, I skipped there, but that's so, all me. That is so, all me. I yeah, had that. Will goes back to work with Chucky. Yeah, and they wrap up work at the demo we're site. We're giving one of the greatest of monologues in film history. And,
6: so, uh, when are you done with those meetings? I like think the week after I'm 21. Yeah, they gonna hook you up with a job or what?
4: Yeah, fucking sit in a room and do long division for the next 50 years. Yeah. Probably make some nice bank though. I'll be a fucking lab. Better than this shit. Way out of here. I want a way out of here for. I mean, I'm gonna fucking live here the rest of my life. You know, be neighbors, you know, we'll have little kids, fucking take them a little league together up foley field.
6: Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. In twenty years, if you're still living here, coming over my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat. That's
4: a fact. I'll fucking
6: kill you. What the fuck are you talking about?
4: Look, you got something none of us. Oh come on. Why why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this. That. What if I Uh don't want to?
6: No, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. And I'll still be doing this shit. And that's all right. That's fine. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're too much of a pussy to cash it in. And that's bullshit. Because I'd do fucking anything to have what you got. It. So would any of these fucking guys. It'd be an insult to the if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a fucking waste of your time. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know that. I don't know that. Let me tell you what I do know. Every day, I come by your house and I pick you up. we go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs, and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? It's for about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I just left. But
0: I know that. Yeah, I, I've always loved that model. That whole moment, that scene. That that yeah. might be my finger. Licking that's good that that's man. mine. That okay. is mine. I think I that's no, mine. That's mine.
1: That, that two or three minutes with Will and Chucky having that conversation over the hood of the car is my So there
0: you have it, gang. Finger looking good.
1: It's finger looking good. <laughs> that's it. That's the
0: one. All right, so. Now we get to now. Jerry
1: versus Sean, and Sean tells Jerry to shove the metal up his fucking ass. Yes, which will you know, walks in, and then they have that conversation about abuse, and Will talks about, you know, you know, he is Sean talks about it. He would always take the abuse for his, you know, before his drunk step, before his drunk father got. To his mom and younger siblings, and we actually see footage. Yeah, you of see Sean's, Sean's dad like, like kind of stalking up the steps right. late at
0: night, right? And then, Which I never noticed before watching this movie. This is the first time I noticed that. Like, yeah, uh, it's only seen a couple footage. seconds, okay. but
1: it shows like you know, like it's almost like Sean's having a memory of his of yeah, his drunken exactly dad coming up to his room mm-hmm. at two in the morning. And then Will tells a story about his stepdad would come home and put a wrench, a stick, and a belt on the table and ask him to pick one, and, and Sean's like. Well, it's, uh, for me, I, I, it's, it's a no-brainer. I would have chose a belt. And Will's like, I chose a wrench. He's he, he goes, fuck him, that's why. <laughs> He's cause fuck him, that's why. I
0: chose the wrench.
1: Heavy scene, man, but passed yeah. a bunch.
0: So Will and Sean had their final meeting. And huh? that's
1: the It's Not Your Fault. With Will. Hey, Will.
0: I don't know about You see this?
7: Always.
5: Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. All right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. <laughs>
2: it's not your fault. <laughs> oh,
3: my God!
2: Oh, my God, I'm so sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them, okay.
0: Landon right, says right, he yeah. landed a job at one of Lambo's arrangements, and then, Yeah, he took the job at uh at the, the joint that Chucky did the interview for, right? Um. And then we surprised by the boys with a Chevy Nova for <laughs> yeah, his 21st yeah, they, birthday.
1: Yeah, they think they, they're at the bar on his 21st, and they bring him outside, and they get this shitty, rundown, beat up, <laughs> fucking rusted, hunk of junk late early 70s Chevy Nova. It's a
0: ride, it's still got four right. tires and a working engine. So Sean and Lambeau reconcile. And then uh, Chucky goes, I kind of rapid fire the notes here at the end because I was in a hurry. <laughs> Chucky well, goes to Will's house to pick him up, and well, this is
1: where. Well, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but but at the end of the it's not your fault. Scene, he lets Will, uh, Sean lets Will know he's going to be taking sabbatical, do some traveling for a while. And okay, he says, "I right. put my cards back on the table." He says, "I put my money back on the table to see what kind of cards I can get." Right. So Will inspired Sean to get back out there and live a little more too, to get out of the mm-hmm. community community college, stop talking about you know his widow, who he's obviously going to love for the rest of his life. So there's an inspiration there on both ends, right? Which is a very touching. Scene. You're right. Um, so then Chucky goes to pick Will up, and lo and behold, Will's it's the, not there. Finally, yeah, because Chucky talks about you know in the scene in the scene, our finger looking good moment. Chucky talks about how the greatest you know his favorite moments are the 10 seconds walking from the yep. car to Will's door. Hoping that one day he knocks on the door, Will's not going to be there, so he don't just get stuck in this bullshit. Line. Much to his happiness, here now. Yeah, and it's and the camera just lingers, and you watch the realization mm. come over Affleck, Chucky's face, and Affleck like kind of oh, likes God out. Damn son of a bitch actually did it right. So Will sends Sean a letter. He doesn't send a letter. He stops by. He's a written, handwritten it, and just stuffed it in Sean's mailbox.
4: Sean, if the professor calls about that job, just tell him sorry. I had to go see about a girl. Well,
5: son of a bitch,
4: stole my life.
1: And that's when, that's when uh, Robin Williams ad libbed the final line of the film. He says, "Son of a bitch." Stolen. That was not in the script.
0: That was completely Williams on set. Revealing that he passed on the job offer and instead is heading to California yep. to reunite with Schuyler and that, folks, wraps up Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, and here I am crying again. <laughs> God! Box office receipts.
2: In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250,000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more
1: in. I want receipts.
0: Goodwill Hunting premiered December 2nd, 1997 at the Fox Brewing Theater in Los Angeles, California before being released. Limited on December 5th, ninety seven, from Miramax Films. Opening weekend box office was a mere $273,000. That's a fucking travesty. Well, it was limited. Not it, tr- it
1: opened in 13th place. Oh, okay. By opening weekend, you mean just this small little... You know, run how many opening
0: theaters? opening by theater count seven seven theaters it grows seven hundred I mean it grows two hundred and seventy three grand across In a seven weekend theaters across seven theaters all right that's not bad that's not bad <laughs> um the second weekend percentage dropped fifteen point eight percent so second weekend still limited two hundred and thirty grand total gross after it was all said and done million against a budget of
7: $10
0: million. Yeah, I made a little bit of money. Breadwinner. This movie screams breadwinner for Miramax. Yeah, man. All right, you're gonna go for our kid.
1: You ain't gonna believe this. Well, you used to fit right here, I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world. This kid's gonna be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching. Every day was like a privilege. Mm. We might as
0: well call this the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's category because this much. is this is all of them. You know, they were up and coming. Kicked the, this yeah, time. kicked the doors open for those guys, man. They went from. I mean, we knew Affleck from his bit roles in Mallrats and fucking Daisy of Confused. We knew Buffy Damon. We knew Damon from minor Rolls and school uh, school ties. And uh, what else did he even do? I like, remember um, him from. Uh, Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. Yeah, yeah Chase But uh, yeah. I mean, this is they B- had B- like,
1: two seasons of Amy.
0: Damon went and did his thing afterward. bath like really took off for like a few years after this movie. Armageddon was his follow up the next year. Yeah, he became he became uh, Say what you will and- about Armageddon, but goddamn that movie made him a star. Oh fucking, I'm, I'm a sucker for that film every goddamn time. Oh, it's fun. The him in that sucker movie. For it. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, we got, nothing. But we gotta got talk about that. If want yeah, 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 yeah. I, I we gotta, I gotta find
1: that Criterion set I used to have because it had a couple extensions. Yeah, sets. I
0: used to have that and the Rock, the Criterion
1: DVD. <laughs> you know, they did put they, it they had, on Blu-ray, just DVD. Yeah, I had the DVD. It was a 2 disker and and, uh, yep. and and Lawrence Tierney played Harry Stamper Sr. Bruce Willis. That's right. It right. seems completely out of it. It was one of my memorable scenes from again. So yeah, yeah. Basically, what it was was after this, Affleck became your blockbuster, handsome, you know, movie star, and Damon became your talented actor because he went on to do, um, what was it, The Rainmaker with Danny yep. DeVito? Mm-hmm. So, like, he kind of went more to the arty, dramatic side.
0: Well, that's that, what I was kind of getting at. His, his, his path was a little bit different. Yeah, his, they,
1: they, they, they both had a hell of a trajectory, but they both pursued different types of roles for a good while.
0: Yeah, I mean, the say he didn't, the same year, he did Rainmaker first, actually. Rainmaker came out the same year before Google Hunting, and then... He, really? Yeah, he followed... He actually, the true follow-up to this movie for Damon was Saving Private Ryan ah, and yeah. Rounders. Rounders, yeah. And then two years later, they reunited for Dogma. hmm And then... Um, a, that was a great athlete. Same thing. year, Talented Mr. Ripley, and then he did that Will Smith movie, Ledger Bagger Vance. Mm-hmm. Byron Foster, he had a cameo in. Yeah. And then he did All the Pretty Horses for Billy Billy Gordon. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, Ben Affleck, we know about him. Like I said, wanted to do uh, Armageddon and then uh, the aforementioned Dogma. Um, where are you at on Fields of, uh, Forces of Nature? Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Is like it with uh, Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Right? I'm sorry. And 200 Cigarettes? Mm. Oh, we're fucking having this conversation. We're forgetting to bring up the cream of the crop. He was the bomb and phantom, you know? Joe. <laughs> That's right,
1: he did do phantoms. The so fucking Dean Coonshire. The actually. true follow up.
0: Right. To he was the bomb and
1: phantom, Joe.
0: But yeah, I mean, we you know the story. He met JLo and things went downhill from there. But and now they're back together, oh, apparently. So what that, man? What you crazy times we're time living in. in. Right?
1: Benifer is a thing again. Yeah, I
0: know, right? I, 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 I support him I yeah, support Benifer. I, I was never mad at them No, nah, no, I mean Geely G- was G- where it G- was G- G- was a we fucking We knew walking term. into that That it was going to be
1: shit Yeah, they just His boyfriend girlfriend Want to make a movie together It was a piece of shit it was, oh, That it was. was Martin Brast, wasn't it? Yeah fucking uh, Run, That was the, fucking, the career killer for yeah, him Yeah, a guy went from Midnight Run to Geely Just shit the shit bed And then uh, yeah, And then they had A small bit together in the beginning of Jersey Girl um, that was towards the end of their relationship, when, right? When he did, when he started in Kevin Smith's
0: Jersey Girl, that was the last time he had worked with Kevin Smith before he had to fall. Another yeah. film I'll defend, Jersey Girl.
1: I yeah, I, I, I will like always it.
0: defend that. Yeah, I like it. It's a sweet movie. It's a sweet movie. It's a good movie. Love it. The end always gets me when he has that flashback to his real life father mm-hmm. and how it's dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. It just always brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah. That that closing shot with Ben Affleck dancing with his daughter and the, the all the the lights go out except for the spotlight on them two just dancing mm-hmm. and then um. and they actually so they
1: actually do <laughs> fucking Sweetie Todd yeah for the uh, school player everybody doing cats they agree See, everyone the does cats Todd.
0: I love that bit right. they're all doing cats
1: and he shows up at the last minute mm-hmm. to, to do the duet of God God That's Good with with um, uh, 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 Mrs. Lovett and, and Sweetie mm-hmm. Todd
0: alright so let's meet the cast hey
4: you guys this up, okay? All eyes here. I would like to announce that Ben and I are planning to produce a musical number from Godspell for the talent show tonight. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ben is producing. I'm directing/slash choreographing.
7: I'm only
6: speaking from personal experience, but if you can't carry a tune, don't come into the audition environment and waste your time. For serious, okay? Okay,
4: and bring a lot of movement clothes, aka jazz shoes, dance belts, lycras, et al. And seriously, FYI, you guys, this is not an excuse to get out of your regular activities. This is an excuse to do some good musical theater. So be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door, because we don't need it!
0: So after Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, we got Robin Williams as Sean McGuire. Yeah. What can yeah, you really we really add? Need to say exactly. Hands. What else do you want to add to Robin? It's fucking I mean, Robin Williams. Man, for real, man. Um, I will, though, say that this is my introduction to Miss Scarsgarden. Really? Who I would kind of follow I I kind of put some stock into him back in 97 I invested in some Stone Skulls Road stock it kind of paid out well he was working on the in Sweden too because he was he was already international And then he was in Deep Blue Sea, which I was happy to see when he was in that two years later. I oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was a that was a. He gets fun his arm movie. bitten off. Yeah, there's so many unexpected deaths in that I know. It's fucking crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just movie. That movie's a cool one to keep pulling the rug out from under you. See, yeah, under I've always Jim. been a fan of his. Yeah. Um, not I'm so much forward, his son. I'm looking forward to seeing him play Baron Harkonnen in, in, in Villanova's Doom. Like, I want to see him. Even he's probably got you know, very few scenes in the first half of this movie. He's got an action
0: figure. I told you about that. I, I saw that. I it. saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that.
1: So, yeah, yeah. The Harkonnen character is a very, very imposing character, not only on the page but on the screen. So, I'm anxious to see what Skarsgård does with that. I'm, you know, yeah. His son was. I watched True Bud for a little bit, and you know, his son was like probably my favorite character in that show. You know, but I didn't follow him too much.
0: Yeah, um, Mini Driver as Skyler. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh,
0: my first time seeing Mini Driver was not this. I saw her in um, Goldeneye. Oh, she was in she's in gold. Yeah, she's in Goldman. She's I remember. in one scene. has a funny memory. She does this to um, uh, the guy who plays um, oh,
5: dude right? from from
0: guy. Yeah, Robert Carlisle. No, not Robert Carlyle. Um, he's the, the heavy bearded dude from the, the fucking uh, the Harry Potter films. It's oh, you talking about Roddy Coltrane? Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah. See, I, I was like, I tuned out on the on. The, I, I really kind of tuned out on the on the Bronson.
0: That, like that was that whole, Goldeneye was my last true hoo-rah for yeah that that whole fucking franchise
1: that whole run with Dalton and Brosen I mean like they were what they were at the time they were released like I think I, I watched them all once and it was like dang. Yeah. do you think
0: Goldeneye would be the big Bond movie that it is had it not been for that Nintendo sixty four video game um it, all Bond movies are big I never understood I think why that game really took Goldeneye to like. One the in my in in, in my, in, in my
1: opinion, it wasn't the best Bond game ever made. There was a fantastic one that was made, and this was during Brosnan's run. Because careful
0: what you're saying, because you're pissing off a lot of gamers right I now. Just, I just I just
1: I'm not a first person shooter guy, okay? Um, but there was I, I'm a third person like you know narrative campaign type dude, and they made they made a game called Everything or Nothing, and it was during. You know, I remember that. Is yeah, that original. It was it was original story. Yeah. but it's produced and played out like you're like you're playing a Bond film because you got Willem Dafoe in there, you got Shannon Elizabeth, you got Judy Dutch, you know, you you're you know, Brosnan is Mo and voicing your Bond, and it's third third person, so it's more like it's like an action adventure cover shooter, but you got your Bond gadgets and stuff, everything, and it even has like a kick ass fucking theme song, and the opening of the game opens like a Bond flick, so that to me, even though, even though they did the um. Um, they, they even did a Sean Connery game of, I think, from Russia with Love, which was okay, where they kind of recreate some hot moments from that film. But, yeah, b- my favorite Bond game was for the PlayStation 2. It was uh, Everything or Nothing.
0: Casey Affleck is Morgan O'Malley. Casey Affleck, of course, the younger brother of Ben Affleck here. Um, yeah, this is my introduction to Casey. This is uh, the me first too, time. as far as I remember.
1: And then I, I don't uh, think I even knew they were brothers when I was watching the film because they're not playing brothers in the film. I mean, d- looking back, you see a right. resemblance of stuff. And uh, I think Casey um, was in 200 Cigarettes also. Oh, yeah, you're right. I haven't seen that in a while. It's like that, it's like that an- not yeah. anthology, but it's kind of like a big yeah, montage right. indie it's, flick yes. from the late 90s. Yes, something like Paul New Year's Rudd, Eve or something, not yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I vaguely, I think I saw it once. Yeah, it's just yet, like, it's it's like it's all these it's little, it's little snippets, little 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 vignette stories of people, whatever they're
0: doing in New York City on New Year's Eve. Um, and then he had a minor, very minor bit role in American Pie One and Two. Casey and, Affleck. Oh yeah, he did. He was what's his face? Bill? Uh, not Bill. Was his name? No. One of the
1: He's, kids' brothers. Yeah, it was brother. or the older brother that left that left him the handbook, the, book, the he left him the yes, book under the bed book, about right. helping him get laid. Yeah, that was. And right, the second one,
0: head. there was a random book inside of a, a library or something that was the bit in that. That was pretty funny. Right. But um, yeah. Uh, and then finally rounding out the cast here, we have Kohlhauser Cole Hauser, Cole Underrated man, Always so
1: watched, underrated. I like watch Cole Hauser get work. You know, like I was, I remember going to see. At this is at the start of Indiesel's Diesel's career. I remember going to see Pitch Black because, like that, you know, the trailers Pinch intrigued Black, me. And and he was in
0: Too Fast, Too Furious a couple years later. Too, uh,
1: yeah, you're right, he was. But I remember going to see. Um, pitch black because the whole premise intrigue, me and this guy can see in the dark and they're on a planet of all fucking night yeah. and they're being hunted. Pitch black ain't bad man. No, no, no. In fact Mandy just discovered we were talking about this, she right, just right. discovered Riddick the other day, watching like half of it down at the neighbor's house without realizing there was a third film in a trilogy like yeah, and then she was like, Oh I was like, babe, we got it on Edge Voodoo. I said, But you haven't seen the movies. I said, you got you got two movies before you get to watch this. Right. So when I saw Cole Hauser show up in that I thought, like, I'm like, all right, cool, there's Benny from Days Confused yeah. doing some fucking work. Right. I mean, his only real vehicle was, what, paparazzi?
0: Yeah, the paparazzi. It kind of, was, was, like, the only, like, where his name was above the, you know, right. the title. And it bombed.
1: So, yeah. That bombed, I've never seen the whole thing, and I want to give it a run. Like fair, said, it? I, I, I I like Cole Hauser's work. I
0: mean, he's still working, right? Yeah, 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 he is. Um, Nothing compared to, like, no, 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 but he's uh, he popped up in the last Die Hard film for like a few minutes. Um it's not in huge roles that I've seen. The one it, the one least, in Russia? Yeah. I didn't finish it, man. Okay. You're right. He did show up. He kind of gets popped in the beginning. Yeah, he's gets the beginning
1: yeah. like a safe house, right? Yeah. That's right. That's the last thing I saw, man. I was pissed, too. I'm like, yeah, okay.
0: it sucks Cole so hard.
1: And then he got him like, I think i turned it off 15 minutes later. I'm like, the fuck Cole Hauser's going? What the fuck am I watching it's this It's so yeah, yeah. it was...
0: Yeah. We get them diehard films. We're not covering that one. Yeah, so I, I saw so it so fans point. of the fifth one. It ain't happening. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, it's,
0: um... Although I wouldn't mind covering Dive with a Vengeance sometimes. Oh, absolutely. So fucking fun. That movie's the definition of fun.
1: Yeah, hands down.
0: Um, Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. (laughs) And of course, Cole Hauser is the son of famous actor Wingshauser. Wingshauser,
1: yes, Yes. sir. Definitely, he's your your, your go to B movie. Oh, yeah. I'd argue C movie. Yeah. Except for Tales from the Hood. he was the bomb in that. Yeah, yeah. Wings Wingshauser was definitely I mean the guy let's face it, the guy made a living. He made more than we ever did doing something he loved. Oh yeah. So why well, oh, criticize yeah. the fucker work? You know what I mean? Nah. So I it's that that's cool. All uh, up I here. forgot All that up. I forgot that 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 Cole was
7: Wings' son. Yeah.
1: Alright. But you can see the resemblance, God So this is crew.
7: Well my friend, this is crew. But don't even think about it. You don't look like you could hang Jermaine.
0: The name's Jamal,
7: and I'll fuck your crew up. Who
0: Alright, so the movie's directed by Gus Van Sant, who we talked about briefly earlier, um, produced by Lawrence Bender. Uh, Lawrence Bender, big producer from Merrimax. I remember the first credit, I mean, he worked a lot, he had a lot of ties with Sam Raimi and, and uh, Bruce Campbell. He, had, he, had his he also had ties in with Tarantino. He led films, of course, yeah and then um, he also produced that uh that indie intruder film that came out yeah, yeah the um, intruder had a Bruce Campbell cameo where they yep. where they're trapped in the supermarket right yeah um so yeah Pretty much, if if you're in the '90s and it's it's a you Merrimack had a you had a film, cool you had a like a flick. Flick. Yeah.
1: Bender Bender was a guy that like you know exactly. kept kept the line going for for Mere plus he that has sport. that name that sticks out Lawrence Bender yeah like he worked you with know? I mean he was responsible for Paul that Fisher. sounds like a
0: guy who don't fuck around
1: yeah no, Lawrence no. Bender and he's
0: got that cameo in the in the diner at the end of Paul Fischer yeah yeah uh, written for the screen by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Course, uh, in music by Danny Elfman. Did you know Danny Elfman did the music for this? The original score is Elfman. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Danny Elfman, boy
1: girl, boy one of the first, it's a dead man's party.
0: Why I'd say Who one of his first, first dramatic He does a lot of drama movies nowadays, he doesn't nah, have well, a when, when, when Tim Burton's taking a break, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm gonna butcher this name, but it was edited by uh, Pietro Scalia. I apologies if I. Pietro Scalia. It.
1: Yeah. P- yep. See. Pietro I, Scalia. Pietro Scalia. I just sounded it out, guys. I
0: wasn't even looking at it. <laughs> and, God, it's,
1: you know, I could just play. You know, i I just play.
0: And cinematography by Jean Vess Scuffier. Nah, I'm not even gonna try that one. Apologies to him. That's <laughs> going to work to work. Sorry, guys. But want to acknowledge you. Biggest takeaways.
2: Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I'm ad
0: in this one. Uh, my biggest takeaways from this movie are just Wow, what a fucking movie. Yeah, hands down, man. I mean, it and, and as much as I've seen this movie, every time laugh, I watch it, I come out reminding myself why I love it so much. Oh, yeah,
1: my God. I couldn't believe I was, you know, Chris, we're just sitting here talking about it. i I'm teared up. And, you know, like this movie gets me in the feels every time. It's just, I just, it's like, such a story. It's, it's a well-crafted, so right? You know, well done um you know it hits the right emotional beats it makes you laugh it makes you cry no huge threats to anybody in this film you know if anybody's a villain it's fucking lambo um you know you
0: know it's so to add to that with also stealing from the next category i love this film so much that mulligan moment
4: if you had to do it all over again would you make the same choices
0: I have none. N- me neither. I if I had me. to put in an allegorment... Put the blowjob scene back in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say take the pointless, quiet, pouring down rain phone I, call out. It's, yeah, but you know, upon but discussion... But again, if I had to, upon that's our discussion, I, I had the realization to really have today. an allegorment moment. I, I we were talking about perfect. how it
1: seemed out of place, but upon our discussion today, I thought, you know, it dawned on me that maybe because he had just had that interaction with Sean where he kind of started cracking and, and seeing that you know, other, there's you know, true love is possible. Right. That he's like, he, he rushed to that phone to make that call to Skyler and then in that split second of ringing and picking up, he starts overthinking it, like, do I even want to, you know, put this into motion? Mm-hmm. And then he stops himself and hangs up. So I think, yes, I'll agree. Right. If there's any Mulligan moment, that will be it. But if there's a reason it's there, I think we discover that during this conversation today. All right. And final thoughts. Fucking winner, my boy, man. Yeah. Brings it, me to it's God- a hell a run winner
0: all around. It's just this is the closest they're gonna get to a perfect movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got a T-shirt I was wearing last night that's still moist with <laughs> snot and
0: tears on it, ladies and gentlemen. I mean. We've been showing this movie. It's deserved love throughout. And to really add on to that, I I I've got nothing else. I mean, yeah. like I said, like this is as close to a perfect film as you're gonna get. Yeah. Everyone plays their parts to a T. Right. It's such a good fucking movie. Right. Some it some tells you can sit a down, down with your story. mom. Or your, yes.
1: You know. You, you can. You know. Some, some you can share with your buddies. You can take a sit. You know. Share with your mom and your grandpa and your uncle at Thanksgiving. Like because. You know, I, I know. Like your mom's like my like you know they don't watch movies like you nah, do. No, right, but right, this right. is something that like I've probably seen nine movies in forty six years of my mother, but I don't even know that she's seen this one. But this is one where I could sit down and put it in, and she would stake with it and enjoy it and appreciate it, even though she's not a movie geek like we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what that's what works. And hats off to these fellas. So my takeaway moment is don't give up on your fucking dream. Look what these 20 year old kids. From South Boston. Accomplished. Couple Southies. Couple of fucking Southies. They were just determined mm. to follow their dream. Yeah, they got picked on in high school for being on stage instead of on the field. But look at them now, man. Mm.
0: Shout out to Boston. Yeah. All right. This film is sponsored by Quantum Physics for Beginnings. <laughs> because what exactly is mathematics anyway? One, two, three. Two plus equals four. Parentheses X, A, slash, yeah, the V. the Well, something tells me that this is one of the thousands of mind-massaging material that our boy Will Hunting picked up early in his journey. Quantum Physics for Beginners, available at Amazon and J.J. Newberry. J.J. <laughs> Newberry. All well, that being said, gang, this film definitely gets a thumbs-up full film effects. Approval. Yeah, five,
1: six thumbs-up from me, man. Ten thumbs-up from Ten thumbs-up? Yeah. That'll bring 11. things. I'm giving 11 thumbs-up.
0: That'll bring things home. For this edition of the show, one down many more to follow. We'll be back next week to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. We are yeah. bringing PTA to the show, and we're, bring, and, and we're bringing the show favor back into the fold, aren't we? Oh, Justin, Justin, yeah. Justin, the good fellas crew, a yeah. special one off. This is not Squarespace, but it's the closest thing we're gonna get. Well, that's because the three of us
1: are, you know. Uh, the three of us are big PTA fans. We spent a lot of time even in our spare time talking about the guy's work. And when we were sitting here doing the casino the other day and mentioned that we were covering it, I thought it was only appropriate because the three of us had that fantastic night at the premiere.
0: Um, um, uh, what? What? The Inherent Vice? Inherent Vice. Oh, okay, yeah. Three had a the fantastic of time
1: at, at at the at the press screening in Philly. Tree sure less like kings that night. They, we, were like, we were like kings of Philadelphia to, for that for that early screening. That was a fun screening. That was that was a great. That was one of my favorite moments. So yeah, we're gonna bring Justin in for this one because you know he brings the, the same kind of eyes but yet with a different angle, you know, that I think would be required for a Daniel Day Lewis, Paul Thomas Anderson film.
0: Yeah. We'd be doing the fans a disservice by not having him sitting with And him. it's Phantom Thread. I fucking love this movie Yeah, you so guys much. tatted it up to me. Cannot I was intrigued
1: originally, but we'll get into it more So later. fucking good. But, yeah, it's like I, I, I'm looking forward to re-watching it again next week and Same. reliving it with you fellas for a few hours next weekend when we record. It's going to be a fucking good time. God, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good time.
0: Alright guys, but before we get out of here, I want to let you all know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can also find direct links to that, to the merch, to all sorts of other things on our newly revised website, which is at podpage.com slash the Film Effect Podcast, with dashes in between each word, so that's podpage.com the film effect podcast. Like I said, you can access all of our episodes as well as connect with us. Blogs coming soon. You can access our merch store directly from there. And it's just an all around fucking great site. And I advise you guys to check it out. So until next time, take us out of here, Sean. Yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, we shall see you all next time when the mosquito lights go in and the opening credits. All right, guys. I'm Ed i Sean, it's been fun, but now it's done. Hey, right, guys, take care. Yeah.